Warning, this show contains mature content and spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Ah, greetings. Care for a story? One of heroes and villains? Of swords and sorcery? Of romance and treachery? We'll pull up a chair and have a listen. And welcome back, finally, to another episode of the RPG Show. I'm your host, Nick, and today I'm joined by two awesome guys. Uh, you know them well, Kevin and Kyle. How are you guys doing? Well, I'm great. How are you doing? Uh, I'm fantastic. Got like four hours of sleep. Ready to go. Mm, love it. Well, I doing? am also doing well. Good times. Ready to be uh, back in the saddle here. Yeah, it's yeah. been a minute, but it's just because, you know, the older you get, the more shit you have to, you gotta do, or I'm getting married this year, so there's a lot of that kind of stuff. And, uh, hey, congrats. Thanks. And then also, uh, just, I got less time, because it's summer, because we're always at the lake, so my normal weekends, like, I'm here, we're at the lake now, and there's no, there's no Wi-Fi to <clears throat> do a, record a show, so... That's why these uh, the summer months there's usually one or two, compared to like every other month we usually get one out, you know. Well, you know, if uh, the people that were listening paid us lots of money, we could do this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> we're all ready for that, by the way. Please send oh, yes. us money. <laughs> you can just rain it out upon us. I'm looking at you, Travis. This is one of those things that will be popular when we're dead and people find it 500 years from now. Just... Uh, well, that doesn't serve us now. Both AI, both us... AI, thing is bring us back to life, and pretend like we we're never dead. Maybe. I mean, an AI could probably do the show right now. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably way better too. Oh yeah, they wouldn't forget shit. <laughs> we're just gonna put text to speak on the Wikipedia page. Uh, great scene, everybody. All right, night. Oh hell yeah, dude! That's the way to do it. Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> uh, well, so what have you guys been up to? Like, uh, just been playing. Uh, well, obviously, you haven't been playing Azure. It's been a while since you finished it. But uh, so, Kyle, what have you been doing lately? Boy, um, I've had a good time on games. Uh, was out of a job for another month or two again. Got another one now. But in the last three, four weeks, I've beaten shadow hearts i have beaten arc the lad twilight of spirits and i just beat sea of stars as well so i've been playing a whole bunch of rpgs um just bought bolter's gate 3 and started that two days ago so that's uh that's where i'm at right now having a good time with all that stuff all right cool uh what, what class did you make in Baldur's gate after 45 minutes of trying <laughs> to figure it out i eventually chose a rogue 
uh, high elf rogue. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, Kevin, what have you been playing? Uh, <clears throat> after Azure, um, only thing I've been playing besides uh, Final Fantasy 16 was um, Twisted Metal 2 and Twisted Metal came out on like the PS Classics. So I downloaded uh, Twisted Metal 2 and I went through that nostalgia and I got the platinum on that. Uh, which only, okay. It only took like four or five hours, but because there's a level skip you can do. You have to beat every level once, but then you can just use the level skip to get the dark tooth and he's got to beat him. Oh shit. Yeah. Hmm. So he's got to beat everyone with dark tooth and then I guess you got to do a couple moves like kill someone with a bomb or some other randomness but it's pretty easy plat. See, uh, does it have cheats like old school games did where you get like god mode and stuff or? Yeah all the cheats are there but the god mode cheat disables trophies so you can't beat god mode. Oh that sucks. <clears throat> and it takes a while to get used to like the slippy controls kind of you know how they used to be. Um, but then once, once I got used to it again and I re- relearned like the jump move and the freeze move and all that kind of stuff, it, it was, it was fun again. Um, I mean, it's not, it's going to be more fun when, uh, me and my buddy from like grade school, like whenever we get together, like on the Christmas break, usually we do, we'll get that and we'll play that like the, like we used to when we were kids. So that'd be a good time. Like versus mode, you know? Okay. <clears throat> um, but yeah, other than that, Final Fantasy 16, you know, doing a lot of, uh, lake stuff, just going out in the boat and in the water and then, you know, wedding planning and getting that kind of stuff all nailed down, getting married in October. So finally, uh, closing in on that stuff. So that's right. I haven't got to Adult play as not, a lot of games like uh, Kyle has. So I'm a little jealous, but I had my run a couple of years ago when I was free and single. So, um, yeah, now it's just when I can, which that's why I'm really uh, trying to pick games I really want to play and not games that you know I just want to get the trophy for type thing. Fair enough. So, what about you? We've been all right. Cool. Uh... I have been also doing Final Fantasy 16. I've been also dabbling in Cold Steel 2 to try to catch up because I, I was in a, uh, like a rush because I was like, "Fuck, Kevin's picking Reverie next." That means I got three games to get through for the show, and then I got to do. So I'm missing Cold Steel 2, uh, Chills in the Sky 2, Cold Steel 3, Cold Steel 4. They're like, fuck, that's a lot of game to get through before Reverie, and then I gotta play Reverie, but, uh, pretty sure you said you probably, you might not pick it, so that's, uh... Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna pick it probably for a while. <laughs> alright, alright. I'll, I'll wait till you catch up, because I'd rather you enjoy it, because uh, it's so much, like we were saying pre-show, it's so much better when you get all the hidden reference. well, not hidden references, but they reference things and they don't go into detail, where like, they can say a sentence and it'll you know, a million things will go through your mind of what happened before in the old games, uh, where it's just like a passing reference or a book or whatever. Uh, yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, now, you know, that kind of stuff. So it really, uh, it really connects, which is great. Oh yeah. It definitely, it's not, you're not missing too much for not doing it, but it, it does elevate the experience a lot. Yeah. If you have especially, experience, the old, old stuff, especially once you get to three and four where, um, they get characters from Sky in there, so... Okay. Yeah. 
the first two games are kind of a little bit more contained. They do have some um, crossbow stuff in there because those kind of are parallel parallel to each other. Um, but they're not too referency. But then once you get to three and four, like literally characters show up from the other games. So yeah, I mean um, Oliver shows up in like all the games. So I guess that he's in everything. But okay. Well, I do look forward to experiencing that soon. So that so. means you really are uh, locked in now in the Trails games. You're all in now, huh? Fan? Uh, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I mean, I am I'm fun playing them casually, I guess. <clears throat> Which is, uh, I mean, uh, ready to be seen how I feel after I finish Cold Steel 2. Uh, because it's taken me, it took me a couple months to get through uh, Trails of the Sky first chapter because I've been playing it at work. So it's not like a consistent like chunk of time that I've been able to play it. Yeah. Uh, and it's a lot of like no fast travel, <laughs> which is soul crushing. But yeah, the very first uh, the very first trails is like you're walking everywhere. And then the second game, you have more fast travel. Oh, thank God. All right. Second game. Basically, the second game is just like the second. It's just part two. It's like almost the game. They made the game too big and had to split it in half, basically. Gotcha. Okay. There's like a two month, like maybe a one or two month, like jump between the two games, but it's not really that much. Nice. All right. That's not too bad. Yeah. Uh, Maybe you want to call me a Trails fan, I guess you can. Alright, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of trails, uh, we are talking about uh Imperial's Trails to Azure today. Which was Kevin's pick. Uh, do you want to tell us about why you picked it? Well, if you haven't, couldn't already tell, I love the Trails games. Um, at this point, they're probably my number one game, or my number one series, or my favorite series in RPGs. Um, be just accumulative, like because the experience keeps adding on to itself, and uh, there are a lot. Like I was say- saying pre-show, there's some law diminishing returns if you play them too uh, much in a row, but if you can space it out, like one a year or something, I think the it's a satisfying experience when you are playing and you're in the story and you're like I'm excited to keep going. It's not like uh, you don't get. I don't. I, I don't really get bored too much because like the way the the game is structured, it it uh, keeps it fresh. You're not doing the same thing over and over again. Uh, at least not like typically like do this, do this, do this, and it's like a repeat every chapter. It's like oh, this is what's happening in this chapter, and this chapter there's a um the the building uh the, what that big building what's it called whatever they have that meeting. Orcus Tower. Orcus Tower. And they're having the whole meeting. You're going through Orcus Tower. And then there's other chapter where you know you're you're going through all the other you know the, everything. Just lo- they change locations and they change things up. And I don't know. I guess they do that in other games, but the way they do it just makes it. I don't know. Can you explain how they keep it fresh for you? I can't really put my finger on it, but. Um. Um. You mean like each like how each act? Yeah. Is is a fresh. Well, I think so. What they do is. Whereas a lot of RPGs have, like, an entire overarching 
plot that is like that's the that that's like the main meat of the game, right? That's that's I mean, even this game. Uh, well, well, kind of. So the focus, of, like a lot of like I guess RPG, I'd say, is like you have the end goal and you know the end goal pretty right. early on in the game, and um, every like every I guess I want to act of every other like a lot of the other RPGs you go through uh, feel kind of like farce because it's usually hey you get to a new town and for example it's under attack or something and so you fight off the attackers everybody's like alright thanks and then you move on to the next town and that town's like oh there's a cave where there's a a gremlin that's been stealing our children can you take care of it so you go take care of that and then you may hear like a snippet of something about the main plot and then you're like, all right, cool, and you keep moving forward. Whereas, like, a Trails game, uh, they condense each act. Like, each act has, like, its own arc, right? So it's yeah. a fully, com- like, complete storyline, And I guess, in each arc that has fleshed-out characters throughout it. It's got a fleshed-out story, and typically there's, like, a twist near the end uh, where they try to catch you off guard with something or like they just prevent uh, present a bunch of information uh from the villains because the villains are a key part of the narrative experience as well for most for the most part uh whereas i think in other rpgs are just kind of like a they're there because like somebody told the writer that they need to have some kind of thing to hook the player's attention at this point right. so they have to do something uh, whereas uh, for the people at Fal- Falcom or whoever who write these games, it feels like they they have like a dedicated team that, which is probably the way that it is is like they've got this entire yeah they have the whole thing mapped out. I know that yeah they sure. have they've got everything that they wanted, so they've had plenty of time to focus on uh, what they could do to like I guess elevate the storytelling because they don't have to worry about where like the end goal is they are able to take their time and craft yeah uh, like a world with living breathing people in it for each step of the way as or i guess t- a typical team they're just like hey we have this story we're trying to tell and you've got x amount of time to get it done and then once we're done that's it and we're moving on to another story or whatever yeah, um, and I think the other thing they do is like they throw intermissions in there, like little, little like short chapters, where it's like, hey, there's nothing to worry about, no stress, no stress, no nothing crazy is going on. You can just enjoy the pe- like your team, and have like like some team building or character building parts that you can rush through, or you can take your time and learn more about each you know each person or character if you want to. So I kind of like how they do that in the games too. So, and the I, I, just to compare it to Final Fantasy 16 a little bit, it's like every time you go through a town, at least so far, I, I haven't played the whole thing, but it's like, hey, you went through this whole town, but then like most of them get killed off, or you get some characters and then they get killed off, so I don't have to like, so it's almost like you're always starting over again with like the, besides your main cast, you know what I mean? The supporters, the supporting characters aren't like prevalent. Uh, I see what you mean. There, uh, there are some quest givers that are like uh, kind of important or whatever, but for the most part, it's nameless NPCs, which is part of the course for RPGs in general, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, like even 
lauded uh like western rpgs like skyrim and shit the characters don't have like they're not alive right like they don't have a, a sto- like a life right i guess uh like they have they have they might have names and they might like walk around and do shit but they don't evolve um which is a, a key facet i think of the falcom's design philosophy where it feels more like a like a a competent dungeon master is running uh, like a good campaign where if you revisit a town you started in, people there have moved on with their life. Right. As opposed to, uh, oh, like, oh, fuck, you guys want to go back to the first town? Okay, well, Dave's still there, and he's still running the store. And, uh, and Jane's still doing laundry. Like, all right, I'm just not, I don't have anything for you here. Here. please don't come back here <laughs> right whereas like in the in, uh in trails games like every chapter whatever is happening whether it's day, like it changes from day to night everyone else has something new to say there's something else they're doing and they're in a different position and there's commenting on something else that's happened they're living their life along with you instead of like you're living it despite them so like even the shopkeeper has a little bit of a story you know everyone kind yeah of, yeah so that's that's why I love these games so much. It's just like it's there's the, there's so much more detail and care, and you can tell like the writers have took taken, you know, they have a huge big picture, which allows them want to kind of craft the smaller picture things how they want to, and they have some free reign on that. And that, but as long as it fits into the bigger picture, they got that. And so because they have all that information, it comes out as like a more complete product. Whereas you you know play some of these RPGs and you feel like there's it's hollow, you know, like there's a general arcing story, but the characters are kind of just cardboard cutouts. They're not real, real people. They don't feel like real people type thing. It also helps that in this game, uh, you have a lot of characters that you can have in your party. And even when you switch them out, they all have things to say at different times. And they, everybody acknowledges that they are living like they are, they exist, I guess. Yeah. In other games, uh, if you have a bunch of characters and you swap them out from your party, only the main character talks, and it's like everybody else is just there. <laughs> right. So that's like uh, that's that's another plus for this kind of this kind of style. Uh, even though I, I I am feeling like character bloat from this game, uh, which is because I prefer like a small uh, cast of characters uh, when there's like a like a compelling narrative thing happening. Uh, so for me, this one, having the extra three characters, uh, well, there's the two extra through the most of the game, and then uh, Rictia, and then Dudley again. And uh, Dudley just felt like tacked on and shit. But yeah. uh, I don't really care about Dudley, and even, um, like, the, the characters that you do get, are ones you've like were guest characters um in the other games yeah so and they have their all their own arcs and it kind of felt like it pushed uh the storyline of everybody else from the like the first game like to the side like except for lloyd and randy like nothing really happened with ellie and nothing really happened with Tio. and i was like well they have were there other stories done that's the they're not growing as characters anymore i guess whatever but we can get on that a little bit later uh but yeah so there's a lot to unpack in this game but that's 
but because of that, I mean, that's why I love these games so much, because there's a lot here, and I feel like I get the bang for my buck uh, in this game, and I, I, I haven't really, I've never been disappointed in a Trails game, so, uh, so far so good. Um, I guess the, the, from what people, I guess what, what Saiten's saying, uh, <laughs> or Travis, or how you want to call him, uh, Revere, Revere is not the greatest, but that's from other message boards, because he hasn't played it either, so... I'm sure it's fine because you get to play as Lloyd and uh, Rain in that one. And then C. Yeah, whoever that is. I'm pretty sure somebody spoiled me on that shit, but I'm not. I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to confirm it. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, Trail <clears throat> The Legend of Heroes Trails to Azure is a game that is known as Iono Kiseki in Japan. Uh, it was published in 2011 by Nihon Falcom, um, and it is the fourth game in the Trail series, I believe. Fifth. Uh, I guess, is it the fifth? Yeah. Right, 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 right. I was thinking of fucking Zero, my bad. Uh, it is the fifth, and I guess technically it's like the eighth if you want to count the Gargaf trilogy as like Trails, or Legend of Heroes shit, or maybe whatever. But it's that's like separate. It's Legend of separate. Heroes, but the Trails of games. Yeah, well, I mean, even before that, there's like there's like Dragon Slayer or some bullshit, which is also, I guess, part of the series. But anyway, which I think they all are connected, but <clears throat> I think the world has like been walled off, which I think you get into in Trails of Cold Steel Four. You find out about some some of the they bring up some of that stuff, or some people have only been this far west or something like that. Okay, <clears throat> which I think. Uh, I think in the other games, like you can only go so far east. I don't know. There's something where I, where I think they can do it, but will they? Maybe I don't know. If possible. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Uh, so this version of Trails to Azure that we're playing is based on the original PSP uh, version of the game. Um, they just, I guess, up upgraded. I, I was it upscaled the graphics and shit or whatever, uh, and made them look nicer on modern consoles. Kyle, did you play uh, but the? There was... I played. The, we played the PlayStation ones, but Kyle, did you play the uh, GameCube or the? Nintendo? I played on the Switch. Yeah. So it's a little different on that one, isn't it? Uh slightly. Yeah. Um, still looked good though. Didn't really have a problem with it. I think it looks better on the Switch because they were able to do something. Oh, fair enough. Graphics, maybe. Didn't realize. Um. Yeah, it ran great. Yeah, I think because there was the whoever was the in charge of the fucking porting or whatever for the Switch, their their team was able to use like some tools that they made because this happened on Zero too. I think uh, they were able to use tools to like modify the graphics and update everything so it looked nice and shit. And then uh, for some reason, Falcom's like, no, you can't do that to the PlayStation version. So there's like, I remember people being up in arms about it before. Because they couldn't port it to Nintendo, so they kind of basically had to start from scratch or something. Okay. Not from scratch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the guys doing the tools were like, well, since we're here, we can make it all look pretty or something. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, yep. Yeah, so this is the original version of the game. There is an evolution version on the Vita, which has extra quests and stuff like that, and maybe some slight improvements. I know the soundtracks changed. This was the same for Zero. Um, but that's not the version we got. So it's technically not the complete version, but you know, it is what it is. 
Um, and so Trails to Azure came out <clears throat> in America, or I guess North America, in uh, last year. What was it? Or this year, actually, right? Or, uh, fucking April or something? Yeah, it came out this year. <laughs> Sometime in the springtime. And uh, I guess uh, it's just a continuation of the story of uh, Lloyd, Ellie, Tio, and Randy, uh, who are the special support section in Crossbell, which is a region that is uh, like a disputed territory between Erebonia and Calvard. And uh, if you haven't played Zero, you won't really know what the fuck's going on with all the characters. So we should probably play that one first. Uh, but I guess it's not mandatory. You just won't have a good experience, in my opinion. I would say don't do it, because <laughs> you'd be way lost. So they do have some yeah. flashbacks, I guess. But Or listen to our prior episode on Trails of Zero. There you go. That's the plug we needed. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so if you're new to the show, uh, as I've already advised, and it's like an hour into the episode already, but uh, listen to zero first. But also the way that we do things here, as we have a rating system from a scale of 0.5 to five, and we do allow half scores, obviously, because I said so early uh earlier on in the show's history and kevin decided to make the point five because he wanted to give something zero and i said he couldn't <laughs> however uh we have a couple categories that we like to talk about uh we've got gameplay story visuals music slash voice acting overall experience and replayability slash extra content and typically uh all give our pros and cons on our experience with those categories one of us will talk a little bit more in depth about the particular category and everybody else is free to contribute information as, as needed or as wanted and uh i guess that's it so let's get into the gameplay kevin okay uh for uh gameplay uh start off with battle system um it's your more typical uh, turn-based RPG, um, and I feel like every uh, new trail game in the series they add a little bit more to the dyna dynamic of it, um, just a little bit, where it's like rush attacks or whatever. <clears throat> um, you start off with your uh, um, combined attacks in this game if you had them from the first game. Um, but then you get other ones. But uh, besides that, uh, like it's a regular turn-based RPG, but you can see turn order, and you can disrupt it if uh, with different move sets or different items or um, uh, yeah, items or moves. And some of the in the move sets, you can see sometimes there's like a critical or hit point up or MP up or no MP, uh, depending on situation. Um, and you use it to your advantage if you time it right. So there's a, there's a lot of, uh, not a lot, but there's a good amount of strategy to it. Um, if you time your things right, you, you know, you can have a weak team that can, you know, benefit from it. So, um, uh, let's see. Uh, you can attack, uh, use arts, uh, which is your magic. Um, and your magic is based on your court setup, um, which is also called orbments. Um, 
And in this one, this is the first game they have uh, Master Quartz, right? Do they have in the last game? Yes, that is correct, yes. Okay. So before, you would just have Quartz and you put it into um, your Enigma or whatever else they're calling what you put the Quartz into. Basically, kind of like a flip phone. There's little spots you can put like the different elements of uh, the orbs or the quartz and by combining them um, you create different spells uh, some uh, uh, characters have better magic or or I keep wanting to say magic but it's, all, it's arts um, so like one person's orbit setup has one line where all of the uh, quartz together combine, and the more points you have in, like, you know, whether it's uh, earth or water or fire, creates more spells. Where if you get someone like uh, Randy, he has three lines, so it's harder for him to have, like, good magic spells. <clears throat> um, uh, in previous games, that's all there was. This game, this is the first time they added a master quartz, which is, like, a bigger quartz in the middle that comes with... Um, a set amount of, uh, I guess, quartz abilities, and it levels up as you level uh, as you uh, gain experience and stuff like that, and you get more advantages and uh, stuff based on the quartz that you have. And they all have kind of their own special move, and they also came out uh, this game with uh, what's that like? Once you master the quartz, what's that called? Uh, there's like a ultimate spell you can use. Um, I know what you're talking about, but I never used it. Even I... though people are like, oh, you can break the game with these some of these things. And uh, the con, like, think I I tried one once, and it was like 200 EP to sit there forever, and like the characters functionally useless at that point. And I'm like, I'm good. The only time I used it was in the final battle on uh, nightmare mode because I had uh, To use the one that halves damage. <laughs> Um, so that way it didn't get just destroyed by the, I probably could have changed my setups, but I just did use that and then unloaded on the final boss. But, but yeah, there's the a lot... master arts just in case master arts. That's what it is. So once you master the, the master courts, let's decide the highest level, you get the master art and, uh, it has like a spell, like, like I was saying, one of them, uh, halves your, uh, damage intake and heals you, uh, at the same time. Um, but yeah, I didn't get too much into them either, like, uh, Nick said, because, uh, it's not really necessary if you have the right setup. Um, so, so that's quartz. Um, the other thing, uh, is arts, or not, not arts, but, uh, crafts. And that's like, everyone has their unique moves, uh, whether it's to, uh, disrupt a spell or, um, call you know the dog out to help you which in this game is terrible it doesn't really help at all <laughs> um but everyone has their some of it's curing some of it's like attack up stuff like that where it doesn't t cost you any of your magic points uh so it costs cp instead of so their craft points instead of ep um and <clears throat> if uh you get 100 cp you can use your S craft, which is your, is it super craft? I'm guessing that's what it stands for. But uh, everyone has their own S craft, and most of them are like a high damage attack. 
some of them are more unique. Um, uh, Ellie has like a cure one, and Tio has one where basically it negates all all damage uh, for one turn or not turn, but per for a hit. If it's two hundred CP, <coughs> um, it's two hits. So there's a lot of uh, different things, different setups you can do. Um, I think this is the first game you really need Lloyd to be or someone to be like a evade tank. So what that means is, based on your equipment, um, the uh, agility is 100, where basically no physical attack can hit you. Um, and Fee is one, like, in later games, Fee becomes a way better uh, Vey tank because she has close and far. Uh, um, every time you evade, you do a counterattack. Uh, but if you're not close enough, you won't do it. And Lloyd only has a short range attack, whereas Fee has long, long range and short range. So, uh, but in this game, um, towards you don't really need to have a V tank um, unless there's a couple bosses where it really benefits you, where you can kite the the main. Uh, basically, it's Ariel. Uh, what's her name? Ariel. Dot, what the big uh, blonde girl with the big sword or the spear? Uh, Ariadne or something? Ariadne. Well, yeah. Basically, yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. <laughs> is it like Scottish or Irish or whatever? I think it's Celtic. Irish. But yeah, she hits really hard. So if you kite her away, if Lloyd and she keeps missing or hitting you, um, you can basically just unload on her without dying too much. And then I had uh, uh, Tio use her move, so her S craft. So like if, when she did her S craft, when she did her S craft, you wouldn't get hit. Or wouldn't take any damage. So, anyways, um, you didn't really need too much, but there's a couple of battles where it really helps out to have a evade tank. So I just had Lloyd be a evade tank, even though he's kind of like a mediocre one. But <clears throat> he, he, uh, you know, most games your main character is the hardest hitter. Where in this one, it's definitely Randy. Um, so he has an S craft that uh. It's really hard. Well, he has the highest attack, and he has a, a craft where he can, uh, for hit points, to lose hit points, you know, to eat some hit points, he'll gain like 70 or 80 CP. So you can keep S crafting him. But towards the end, the S crafts don't hit as hard, and you have to start using more um, arts. So the game doesn't make it. I like how they kind of mix it up, like every game. There's a more this thing's more advantage than another thing, so you kind of have to adjust your strategy, uh, how you're playing, and even then you can do any strategy you want. Uh, you know that's just kind of I had uh, my whole strategy was Lloyd is a tank, Randy is the heavy hitter, uh, and then Tio was your magic user slash um, healer uh, slash buffer, and then. When Wazzy got his upgraded S-Craft, he is more like my heavy hitter with an S-Craft because he had that huge magic one. And some so, some S-Crafts are physical damage, some S-Crafts are ma uh, arts damage, so that's another thing too. Um, but when I did, wasn't using Wazzy, I would have Rixia in there as my second kind of like heavy hitter. So I switched between them. Um, you guys have, uh, before we get into more battle stuff, what was your setup? Nick, what are your, um, do you remember? I stuck with the main four when possible. 
Uh, so Lloyd, Randy, Ellie, and Tio. I had Ellie with a Jupiter Bell, I believe, and she just spammed Sparkine on everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she got like a million fucking turns, and Tio was like a half caster, half healer support yeah. thing. Um, I made Randy pure support, and uh, Lloyd was dodge tank. <laughs> because at a certain point in the game, a melee is worthless. Yeah. Um, so I just had uh, Randy like, casting Fortuna or uh, Adamantine Guard, and I also had uh, Lloyd with um, the Saturn, I believe, Bell for Earth, and had him also using Adam Adamantine Guard on shit so he could, uh, like, cast Adamantine Guard, uh, get a turn back, and then, like, reposition or something if needed. Uh, and it carried me pretty much through the until the final boss, which is some bullshit. But uh, <laughs> it always is. It always is a trip. But I like <laughs> I like that they leave the bullshit to like the last possible. There's like really only one other like bullshit boss where it was uh, what's her face, the blonde girl. Like she was a heavy hitter. Like out yeah. of nowhere, you're like, what the fuck is Arian Rod? I think Arian Rod. Yes, Arian. No, Arios was pretty bullshit. If you were trying to get the timer, though, there's some bullshit fights in here. You need a debate tank for for sure if you're gonna get the total amount of uh, what is it CP? Yeah. So he didn't have a problem with because I had Lloyd's evade tank, and then I had, like I said, mm -hmm. Tio. So when you, I remember you were asking me about that when you're playing, and I hadn't got there yet, and I was like, I don't remember. Then how I got there. I was like, oh, I had the evade tank, so I didn't have any issues. You said you had Yeah, Sigmund wrecked me for about a good day, I think. Oh, shit. <laughs> but I, it's because I was trying to get the five-minute timer to get the CP. Like, I beat him, but I would beat him with 5.07 or, like, 5.10 or 5.15 every oh, time. So it's just like, oh, my God, somebody stop this. Finally got the room, <laughs> though, and I ended up doing the same thing as Nick. It was just um, evade tank Lloyd, support Randy... Yo, I think I had space, and Ellie had the Jupiter Bell. Bang, bang, bang. The rest of the game. It was uh, it was quite insane because Ellie would be getting like twenty turns in a row or something. It felt like I'm like, all right, I don't know why your speed's just seventy. Everybody else is like seventy two. I don't know why you're so fast, but okay. Yeah, and I played zero the literal opposite way. Zero, I did mostly physical, not knowing I was just dumb. But I had a way better time doing evade tank and magic in this one. Oh, for sure. You definitely get more options in this game, which is nice. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, so you can play it any way you want, um, for the most part. But there's gonna be more. Uh, ben there's gonna be only a couple ways that's really gonna benefit you more. Um, but. Uh, I think that's the most part for the battle system, unless I'm forgetting something. Yeah, uh, I think... Or go ahead, I'd, I had one or two as well. I was just going to say, the only thing I can really think of is, like, on the overfield, if you hit enemies, you can oh. trigger, like, advantage and shit. Yeah, if and, you if, talk, and if you're uh, stronger than them, they turn into... Sepith. Uh, Sepith, yeah. Uh the only two I had, I think breakable items were introduced in this game in the overworld for the first time, like things on the map. Right. Um, and also the party burst system, um, where basically you get uh, advantage to, what is it, attack, less damage based on how many hits you have or how many fights in a row or something. And if you don't use it, it negates like a third of the fill-up bar, so it's worth using pretty often. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, also, I think we recover his ailments if as long as the character's not dead or something. And then yes. 
I think it also gives you 100 CP or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it makes spells or arts cast it cast it instantly uh, instead of having to wait for them to, to charge up or whatever. And then you can also use an item called that they put in this game called Burst Orbs, I think, yeah, while you're sure. in burst mode to keep it going in forever, which is the only way I beat the final boss. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. No, I beat the final boss by using burst, and um, I had to not ever attack at all and just use magic, and have to, I had to use like the half damage thing, and uh, I had for some reason I just I had tons of money in my in my nightmare in my nightmare uh, run, and I bought ninety nine of uh, the best heal, which is what's it called? Uh, about the Zerum shit. Well, it's the one you buy from the bakery. Uh, dang it. Hold on, I'm looking it up. But the, besides, because you only get like 10 Zerum tabs or whatever. Um, okay. What's it called? Well, I guess that's another thing we talk about with combat, which is also... It's, it's like tangential to combat. So like some of the items you use give you buffs and you can make them. Like oh, with yeah. the recipe book. Yep. Uh, is... But they don't give you the buffs outside of battle, obviously. You can use them, you can eat them outside of battle, but some will be like in battle, you restore 5,000 HP, but also get plus 50% strength for three turns or something. So from Bennett at the bakery, you can buy uh, this thing called the Final Stretch, and it cures 25,000 hit points. So I definitely spammed the crap out of that when I was. Because I basically had, like you said, he turned Lloyd into just a healer, and he was just healing everyone until he got his S craft up, and then I would have him use that. But um, there's also items that get your CP up, and I had that on <clears throat> um, Wazi because he, like, if you have him, his S craft is a, is the strongest magic attack basically. So I just had him kind of using that as often as he could, and when he wasn't doing. Um, magic attacks, but <clears throat> um, let's see, combat wise, yeah, I can't think of much else for the battle system. Uh, don't you get like bonuses and stuff for bat after battles based on different things? How much hit points or how many? Uh... Yeah, but they don't really give you a list of like what they are, so yeah, it's up to you to figure out how to earn them. And they're all mostly tiny boosts to like the total experience you get, which is also nerfed if you're too high a level anyway. Yeah, uh, which we'll talk about in character growth here in a sec. Um, I do like that the detective notebook in this one, uh, which you can access anytime, really has everything. If you ever forget, like. Um, which arts, like what sepith you need to get the arts or whatever, so you don't have to like Google it. So a lot of that information is in there, like a lot more quality of life stuff. Where if you played the first Trails game, they don't give you any information. They might tell you one a couple things like through uh, character talking, but you don't ever like have a maybe a manual to go back to. Hmm. They might have fixed that in the evolution version because that's the version I'm playing, and it has that in it. Oh, it does? Okay. Maybe, maybe I'm misremembering because it's been so long since I played it, but I remember it was a lot harder to figure out which... No, I'm sure they, they added it 
because they added like you can hit dudes on the overworld from the crossbell games like oh, okay. when they did the evolution version so they definitely added a bunch of shit gotcha um yeah i think oh, oh that combo crafts i kind of mentioned that a little bit where each character can combo uh if you have a 100 cp they can do a combo attack and then based on character development different choices you make you uh you can get upgrades in the the, the combo craft and the if you you had them in the in the, in the end of the first game and those carry over <clears throat> if you have your save file carry over so that's nice because Randy and Lloyd um, in the first part of this game helped to have that uh, stronger combo craft for me for for a little bit so anything else. Uh... Just in relation to the combo crafts, I guess it's just not really. This is more, I guess, uh, character growth, anyway. But uh, the neat thing about this game is the, uh, with the bonding events, uh, upgrading the, <coughs> excuse me, the uh, combo crafts. If you do them all in one playthrough and you save it into the system data, and then uh, when you start your next playthrough, everybody's combo craft is maxed out. I was like, oh fuck yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't remember nice. it didn't do that in the first one because it saves the system data in this one, which is nice. Um, actually, going through this detective notebook on the game, it does tell you what the technical bonuses are if you scroll down far enough. It's like a battle chain when two or three battles in a row, you get plus five, triple kill plus point oh, three, triple cancel point three, support kill point. So there's a lot of different bonuses you can get, and there's a trophy. Uh, you have to get like a three point bonus or something which basically if you keep using items over and over again you will get to it and even has the promotion perks in there too so like when you uh, uh, level up as a detective it tells you what your rewards will be which is pretty cool so so on playing on the switch and not looking for trophies I did not realize that experience boost was a thing in any way shape or form yeah I mean, like, after the battle shit? Yeah. Like, I didn't realize that you could... That's how you did all of that. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess you don't really need it. Uh, like, the other time I really benefited from it uh, was fighting some of the bosses you're not supposed to, quote-unquote, uh, win against. Oh, because yeah, when you level fight them, you get, like, 9,999 experience. Uh, but I think that also stacks with, like, the boost or something. So you get a fuck ton of experience for fighting like uh, Arios and um, uh, goddamn Ariane Rod, whatever the fuck her name is. Yeah, I got it. I just, I guess, I never looked close enough to read through it. All right. Well, unless you have anything else, we'll move, we'll move on to character growth. Um, Go for it. So. This game, you like we were, we kind of mentioned previously, you level through experience, but there's basically a soft cap where you can't over-level. If you fight anything under or at your level, you basically get like one experience. And I think it's like a 1,000 to level up. Uh, it's different every time. Is it? This isn't the Swickenden system. You're thinking about the Swickenden system. But even... Well... I know that you just get one EXP per battle once you're, like, at the same level, so there's no point of, like, gr there's no really grinding you can do in this game. Uh, basically, grinding is New Game Plus, because you're, like, way over-leveled, and you just 
steamroll everyone, even on nightmare mode, except for the last boss. Uh, but uh, yeah, you just level up through battle, and like we were saying, there's different um, different things you can do in battle that will up uh, your to call tactical bonuses that give you more. Uh, there's an experience multiplier, so you multiply it by point this point this point this and you can get up to i don't know how much but after a while it's like point ones and stuff so you don't want to waste too much time doing it and you, even like if you do three and your experience is one you're only getting three experience so it's not really worth it um once you're getting once you're at the appropriate level for that chapter because <clears throat> Only way you're getting more level or experience points, you're fighting stronger uh, monsters or enemies. So, um, yeah, that's basically character growth. Unless there's, there's also uh, like I was saying, you can gain experience for your uh, master courts through battle. Um, but I think it's pretty. Uh, you ain't maxing that shit out until new game plus anyway. Yeah, because you only True. get you get ten percent of the experience that your character got from the fight through your regular playthrough. Um, but then on New Game Plus, they remove that uh, and just make it 10% of, or they actually make it 20% of what the enemy would reward for experience-wise at like the appropriate level. Uh, so on your first playthrough, if you can max out one Master Chords for each character, you're probably good. Yeah. Uh, but you can definitely do that. You can max them all out on the second playthrough if, the, if you feel like it. Yep. Um, I guess there's one other thing I forgot on battle system. You can uh, position your characters. Like their positioning does help. Like there's some characters that have range attack, like a range attack. Like Lloyd has a close attack. Randy has a close attack. Um, Wazzy has a close attack. But you can position the starting position. Uh, make your change your character starting position. Uh, it's like kind of if it's a one, it's like a five by, f like a five by eight grid. One, two, three, four, five. Five by seven grid. You can position your character so you can put your kind of healers, support people in the back. And you're like you're, you want to put, especially if you're use your evade tank Lloyd up to the front, so that way they attack. Usually they attack the closest character to them. Um, Lloyd can get a. Master Quartz later, that draws them as well, so that does help. That's the other thing I forgot. You can uh, switch out. You can only have four characters in battle, uh, and then you can have two support characters that you can switch out after battle, and they, they will like do a couple like support attacks randomly, unless there's something I don't know where they make some that triggers it. Um but yeah, that's uh, the only other things I want to put in the, to add to that. You can also turn off the crafts that you don't want them to use. So if you don't, if you don't want somebody to use their attacking support craft, you can turn that off. Why would you turn it off? I my assumption is that maybe they have a craft that will like knock back an enemy, and you don't want to risk them knocking them back uh, if you're casting a spell or an art or whatever. I don't know. I never turn them off, but it's an option. Gotcha. Um. Okay, that takes care of character growth. Unless there's something else, I don't think so. No. Um, mini games. Uh, this game didn't have as many as I thought. Uh, I 
feel like the lighter games have a lot more mini games, but this one there wasn't too many. You have your normal fishing mini game, which I liked how they did a different spin on it. It's not the same thing where um, instead of like building up uh, fishing points or whatever, and you know gaining levels as you caught more fish, it's you have to basically take on uh, four other high-level fishermen to get to that fishing spot. So I like that they did a different spin on it in this one. Uh, it wasn't the same thing. Uh, and then the other main uh, mini game is Pom Pom Party, which is basically Tetris, but it has like a Mario theme to it, like the Mario Brothers theme. So it, it was kind of, I was like, are, how are they allowed to do that? Unless they put a different spin on the music where they could, or they paid for that. I don't know. Um, there's also, but I, I actually think that Pom Pom is based off of Puyo Puyo. Oh, okay. If you if you're familiar with uh, Doctor Robotnik's Mean Green Bean Machine or something from the Super Nintendo, that's it's a Puyo Puyo game. It's more more like slimes than Tetris. Is it more like, like Doctor Mario? Like you mean? Uh, kind of like yeah, it's definitely more like Doctor Mario than Tetris. I would say, but it's like Doctor Mario and Tetris combined. I guess you have the the Tetris shapes. And you, you have to combine the three colors in a row. Yeah, but they don't making the lines. Yeah, they don't have to be. Yeah, they can be any as long as they're touching. Yeah, is the, the puyo puyo thing. Tetris Sorry, is yeah. different lines. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I guess that's not Tetris then. It just kind of feels. Oh, like yeah. If well, if you know what Tetris is, then you pretty much know how to play this game. <laughs> yeah. You just gotta get the lines, the colors to match, and then build, and then you can build up your, your CP and. Uh, make the other because uh, you're basically fighting you're going against someone else and your, your goal is to have them lose and you can keep uh, attacking them by gaining the more lines you get the more cp you get and you can use that cp to like raise their levels so that's the basic strategy on it um i wasn't a fan of it i don't like those kind of games but did you guys like that no, I mean, I specifically have in my notes a little later, fuck Pom Pom Party. Um, so <laughs> that's kind of my general thoughts on it. I I don't know. Like, I get why these games are fun. I like Tetris more than this style of connectivity of three or four or whatever. Um, but, yeah, it's just two and a half wasted hours for me personally in the gameplay. I'd rather have something easier, faster less Tetrisy. Well, you didn't have to play it since you didn't have to get trophies, right? You only had to play like one or once or twice. I like to complete games at 100% though, but like doing the extra bullshit like kill 25 enemies in 15 seconds sort of deal, that I don't care so much about. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, uh, I didn't mind Pong uh, Pong Party. <laughs> <laughs> I... Uh... I would beat I beat some I beat everybody on the list and then the guy that I was watching was like or reading was like uh by the way if you haven't done Pom Pom Party make sure you beat everybody on the list before this point uh because some people will be visible or whatever and like one of them's already missable you fucking idiot so way to go <laughs> but uh yeah. just in case I went back through the list again and beat everybody again I just uh every time I got them I just beat them so I would kn- I knew I already had them beat that way I didn't as soon as I got their information, I was just like, oh, I'm just going to beat them that way. I don't uh, try to remember who I did or who, who I didn't beat. So, Fair enough. I was fine on it. 
I did miss Campanella, take me a couple tries too. The only one that like, yeah, I know that part you're at. You're like, hey, don't don't uh, forget to get this guy's information, uh, or you'll miss him. Or go back and get this guy's information. I like must have misread it. I'm like, shit. I'm gonna have to get that new game plus. But then you get like that. What's that blonde hair kid's name? Jonah. Jonah. Yep. Yeah, you can get his later uh, if you missed it the first time, which is nice. So, um, but oh, there's also uh, casino games from the last one from Zero or, or back, um, which is like blackjack and poker and slot machine. Um, I only did the poker because that's the quickest way to get your, your coins up because you can use those coins to buy. Um, for the most part, the uh, the characters have furniture you can buy for their rooms and stuff, and add some kind of story text to a to the. You have like a little conversation about it, basically, and it goes more into detail about their personality, which is cool. Um, but there wasn't really anything. There's like another fishing pole you can get there too, but nothing that you had to really play a lot to get something in the casino. The first one, in Zero, I think there was something, like, story-wise you had to do, but all this was optional. Um, the other one, <clears throat> Horror Coaster, uh, where you're riding, like, a little roller coaster shooting uh, the monsters, and you just have to hit the button presses, button presses at the right time. Um... Which I didn't have too much trouble with. I guess Nikki had a little bit of trouble. You're telling me. With the what? Sorry. The horror coaster. For the trophy. Uh, yeah, because I was, I kept trying to do it after I fuck came home from a twelve hour work shift and I had like an hour before to go. I had to go to sleep. Yeah. So I was like, "Fuck, man!" Because I'd be, I'd miss, uh, I'd like miss an input or something, or like miss click, uh, like a triangle instead of circle or whatever, for example and fuck up and then i'd get to the end and it's like oh you're off by 200 points and i was like fuck god damn it shit and then i have to redo it again and eventually i just was able to, to manage it so uh oh and then i i got to uh like the part where you buy your uh the person that came to, to pick you up like a gift and it didn't have enough money and the game was like oh you don't just get to buy it now i'm like okay fuck you and then was like i guess i'll just reload my save but I didn't have a save until uh, before the horror coaster, so I had to do that all over again. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> At least I, I got it. I got it done first try that second time though. So I was like, all right, once you know, once you know what you're doing, it's not too bad. Yeah, uh, it took me a few tries, but it wasn't too bad. But I wasn't also tired when I did. I was like wide awake, so I was able to focus on it. Um, because you have to get a perfect to to get the points you needed for the horror. Not necessarily. Oh, you can miss one? You can miss one oh. and still be good. But it, it's because I, th I think the combo chain is what's most important. Like, yeah. if you miss one early, you're probably fine. If you miss one later, you're probably fine. But if you, like, miss the last one, one in the middle, you're super fucked. Gotcha. <clears throat> um, let's see. Uh, cooking is another one where you collect the recipes and you get a... Every character has like a special, you know, a specialty, and every character has a bat, you know, uh, that they're something they're bad at. And then if you get, um, there's like unique, di so every recipe has three dishes there's a bad dish, a good dish, or the normal dish, or then the, the great dish, and our superior dishes, I think they call them. Uh, 
And if you offer those to the Sacrificer Jizzo, you get a uh, Master Quartz uh, from someone in town. Um, the bad dishes were a disappointment in this game because you just got like some quartz you already had. I was like, that's fucking dumb. Uh, how, why would you get uh, a Master Quartz from one person and some shitty quartz from this this dude? But whatever. But that's kind of like... Because he gave him some shitty food, man. That's what he wanted. He that's wanted, true. He wanted it, though. He didn't have to have it. Anyways, uh, that's like... I think basically every game... At, at, I'm pretty sure every game after this has the same system where there's a cooking notebook... There's someone that wants the good dishes, someone wants the bad dishes. They give you some kind of good thing if you get them all. Um, it like the little things like this make the game like kind of break up the the game a little bit. Where um, I don't know, it's just something else to do, and it's not very important, but it's kind of interesting at the same time. I don't know. It's just little little things like that. Um, a kind of the other thing that's like that is that you get a car. Uh, yeah, the car and you don't. I don't think you had. You got to use the car for one of the final chapters or something in Zero, but you didn't have your own. In this game, you finally get your own car, and you can customize it. Um, so you can collect that stuff too. And it's in tre- some are in treasure chests, some are uh in like locations that you only visit one time. So some of that stuff's missable. Um. But the the good thing, the best thing about the car of this game is that you can upgrade it. Where uh, when you rest, you get all your CP uh, restored to hundred percent. So it makes uh, traversing through, you know, some of the parts of the game a lot more palatable. Or if you're about to go fight, you know, a stronger, you know, some of those bosses or, um, I guess you can call them hunts like their uh, missions where you have to kill an, uh, an enemy you can make sure you have a full cp uh in the last game you had to go to the hotel to sleep and it cost money this time you can do it for free and uh you don't have to go all the way back into town to do it so i like that um technically it's not for free because you got to pay for the upgrades well it's one-time charge whereas like every time the hotel you gotta pay like 200 bucks or something like that yeah let's be real car might be the mvp of the game honestly (laughs) straight up yeah best quality of life thing i've played probably this year is just the car in this game yeah it was great and definitely made you could fast travel to all the towns now before you had to take the bus and it was not i guess the bus is about the same but you had to go to the bus stop where you can fast travel. Yeah, you had to go to the bus stop. I can walk outside of the apartment and the car's right there. Yeah, you can actually fast travel to the garage, which is like a little... I was like, that's not even a garage. It's just like the behind... <laughs> it's behind the building and they call it the garage. It's a carport. Yeah, it's a yeah. carport. They needed to change it to... Gr- it's an alley with a small awning. I, I call that bad translation. <laughs> yeah. They're like, yeah, we built this whole... Like, the the first chapter of the game's like, hey, we can't go out the back door. They're doing some construction, and it was just like an awning. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, so, yeah, the car was great. Um, that was more traversal. I guess we'll get into that, because I don't think there's any other minigames that I can think of. Can you? No. Nope. So, 
There was just enough where it was uh, interesting. I feel like they had a little bit more uh, kind of uh, chapters where you kind of like there's that beach chapter and some other intermittent like the the, the p- prison break chapter. Like they kind of did more of those things than having mini games in this one. So I like I kind of appreciate that too. So um, shops. Uh, so in this game, all the shops are the same from the from the previous game. I don't think there's any new ones. But uh, in town, um, there's like the weapon shop. There's a there's like the main. I would call it like the the mall. Basically, it's like what's it called? Times the, like a department store. Yeah, department store where the department stores have like accessories and weapons. Not weapons, but armor you can buy. And each chapter is like they add one more thing. But for the most part, you go to the. Uh, the main weapons shop in Crossbell City, which is right by the SSS building. That's how you get your main weapon. Um, and then you go down to the downtown district and you go to uh, Gualamai Factory and you can upgrade your, your weapon to the next level. Basically, you buy the first part of it and then if you have the, the money and the items you need to upgrade it the u material which most if you fight every battle you'll have enough because most there's some uh enemies that drop it or enough of it where you'll have it to upgrade your weapon um uh, each chapter you can do that and then the final chapter you can get some upgraded uh armor and stuff like that uh, but for the most part you buy you find a lot of your stuff, like the armor-wise, that for your main characters anyway, in a lot of the chests uh, and the dungeons and stuff. Um, I didn't really buy too much armor or anything, besides like the first chapter maybe, because <laughs> you find a lot of that stuff, and you kind of just like hand me down afterwards. That's how I usually did it. Um, but yeah, there's also the department uh, store. There's like all the different food vendors you can buy uh, things from before you get the recipes. And I'm not too sure, but I think there's recipes from the old game that you can't bake in this one. I didn't really research that too much, but um, also uh, Oscar from um, the Morgus Bakery. You can buy like those really powerful cures. Like, like I was saying, the final stretch which uh, cures 25,000 hit points. You get that towards the end of the game. But if you keep visiting him throughout the the chapters, like each chapter gets a stronger one. Like it starts off with the Mooncake Muffin, goes to 1,000, then it goes Melon Cream to 3,000, Bennett Supreme, 7,500, and and so on. Uh, But you can't make those, so I got about, like I said, about 99 on my uh, Nightmare Run, so I could keep my guys healed up without having to because like they hit hard and they take away 10 grand 10,000 hit points at attack so 25,000 really basically gives you 100% hit points back um but yeah every, every little area of the town has like a little bakery or uh some kind of food shop there's also the general store tally's general store which Sells basically the same thing you get at uh, Times Department Store. 
Um, back alley has Esmeralda's where you can buy like the powerful accessories. Um, there's a casino where you can buy some. You can buy U material there if you really need to. Uh, you can do that for end game when you need want to get everyone their best uh, armor. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of each uh, of the uh, towns outside of Crossbow have their own generic like everything shop, and you have to buy something from each of those towns for their bedrooms. Each one of those towns, I think, has one item for uh, your character's bedrooms that could upgrade their room. There's a lot of different shops, but for the most part, you're really only buying from a couple of them. Um, you have to go to at least mo most of them throughout the game for some side quests and other things, but um, I do like that the shops are kind of buried and there's different things you can get. Uh, there's all, the other thing is the orbital store where you uh, get your orbments and open up uh, your quartz because you in this one uh, you start with uh, just like in every game you start with a new quartz uh, what do they call it the uh, the like the enigmas I guess oh yeah so every game is a they upgrade it so you open your quartz slots again because um, it's a new one so that costs money so you can get the higher end quartz in there there's two slots um, and you do that in the gen 10 store you also buy some master quartz um, some other things but like I said there's a lot of different shops you can go to um, but for the most part you're sticking to a few of them uh, unless there's anything else you want to add about shops nick or kyle i think you've been very thorough with them <laughs> uh there's a ingredient shop too so when you're doing your cooking uh you're, you have to have so many ingredients and 90 percent of the ingredients you need are at the ingredient shop there's some like monster drops you can get and oh there's another store i forgot which is like the um also in the downtown district uh, it's the exchange shop and, uh, you can trade different, like you can upgrade your equipment basically. So it goes from like a silver chain to a silver chain plus, or quartz can upgrade to like, you know, evade two or three or something like that. Other things like that. Um, the main ones, the, the vine cloth you gotta get to upgrade your main, uh, or your character's best, uh, armor. Yeah, that is worth going to. Yeah. Um. But yeah, those are shops. Uh. Let's see. Next thing is what is unique. I kind of went over the car. Uh, master quartz, the first one that you do get kind of uh airship in the last uh chapter of the game, but it's not an airship where you can control it. It's just basically a different. So the, the car was like a fast transportation or fa fast travel method. The airship's the same thing, but just a slightly different spots you can fast travel to. Um, and I don't think they're as good as the car one. Or, like, there's more. I guess there's more places you can go to with the airship than the car. So I guess that's the difference. Um, also unique. Every, like I was saying, everyone has uh, 
their bedroom and you can upgrade their not upgrade you just everyone has like two different things you can add to their room um and the stuff from the first games in there too if you play the first one uh and then if you get them all there's a little scene you get with each character uh let's see what else would you say is unique about this game kyle um, I think just really uh, the party burst was the other thing, um, and I can't confirm it, but I believe the breakable items wasn't in zero. Um, just like breaking stuff outside of combat, running around boxes, urns, things like that that you can collect uh, Sepeth from. Nick, you got anything? Uh, nothing. You guys pretty much covered everything so far. At least with the... Oh, I forgot to go over Trevor. Unique stuff. Did you go over Trevor still, or did I skip that? Yeah, you already talked about yeah. the car. Yeah, with the car. The car, and you can still walk to everything if you want to. Um, but yeah, that's basically true. Mm -hmm. um, so we can go into... Wait. What were you going to say? I was just saying, now we can move on <laughs> the likes and dislikes. Yeah, likes and dislikes. <laughs> uh, no, what's your likes and dislikes, or... Uh, just say me. Yeah, you. Okay. Um. Well, I like. Uh, since we're just talking about gameplay, um, I like how the turbo mode is available to oh. uh, walk through, uh, like just accelerate. Uh, I guess everything about the game because there's lots of like cutscenes that move. Like there's lots of slow panning across. Uh, like uh. I guess landscapes and views of the the cities and shit. I'm like, it's that's nice. The faster, please. <laughs> you uh, can skip cutscenes too. Uh, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's definitely useful on the like New Game Plus where you can just like hold uh, the cancel button, I think, and it just fast forwards through everything, which is pretty sweet. Yep. Um, you can do that in the normal uh, playthrough as well if you want to, for some reason, skip all the dialogue and narrative and all that shit. I don't recommend that, but you can. Um. I also do appreciate the fast travel option of the car, uh, and that it acts as a mobile uh, like complete recovery device. Um, the, uh, I mean, everything else is stuff I would have liked from the previous game. Uh, it is, it's pretty much the same, <laughs> like uh, gameplay and stuff. Uh, for cons... That's a rough one. I don't I think good. there. I have too many cons. Uh, I don't think I have any cons. Maybe uh, except just maybe some slightly frustrating uh, boss battles uh, and stuff like that, where it it feels like they aren't aren't really making you use the mechanics until you get to that point. Mm -hmm. And then when you're at that point, you're like, oh fuck, uh, I don't actually have a strategy for this. <laughs> yeah. Let me fucking take a step back and try to figure out how to play this game. Yeah. yeah, that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, Kyle. All right. Um, likes. I mean, I like these kind of games. I like RPGs where you kind of get a little bit of movement, not over complex, but the grid-based system, normal combat. You get some magic spells, like the classic formula is what I like. So I really like that about this game. Um, again, car MVP for likes. Fantastic update from the last game. Made traveling a lot easier. 
Um, I thought the boss fights were a little more fun than the last game. Some of them were annoying, but I think there was a little more strategy involved. Uh, the better mini games as well, I'd say. Um, again, I will say fuck Pom Pom Party, but I thought the other games um, in uh, Mishelm, I think it is, or whatever the town is, uh, were a little bit better than the stuff of the first game. I think the fishing quest also was a lot better than the first games. Uh, dislikes. Not a whole lot. I'm not trying to say this is the perfect game um, in any way, um, but it does a lot of things well or above average or some things even great. It doesn't do a lot of things bad. Um, so really, for the third time again, fuck Pom Pom Party. That's my only dislike. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, if the, the worst thing you have is a mini game. That's not. That's pretty good. That's high praise. Exactly. <clears throat> if I could have played it three more, less times, it would have been fine. Yeah. Well, you didn't have to, honestly. You just had to play it twice, I think. Like, if you want that Master Quartz, you got to beat everybody. All right. oh, exactly. That's yeah. Right, that Master Quartz. Yeah. That does that does make things a different because that ma- I don't remember which one, but all the Master Quartz you get the end are really good. <clears throat> uh, for me, like, I kind of I definitely agree with like what you guys have said. Uh, the car and I kind of like it's kind of a pro and a con for me like that the there's a couple battles that you get like you said that they don't really prepare you for kind of guide you because most most of the game they're guiding you like you need this or need that um but i guess the one thing they don't really tell you is uh, you definitely need like that evade uh tank type thing and there's not really something that spells that out for you you kind of just got figured that out or read a guide um, but once you do have it, it's great. Uh, I think the strategies you can use are wide and varying. So I love that you can play it to your style where if you want to be an attacker, you can might be harder. Um, but you can do it that way. Uh, just the, like I was saying before, how they break up the monotony of like, do quest, do this, do that. Like they kind of keep it interesting. Uh, whether it's you know short little like prison break, break chapter or go to the beach chapter or um, you know go find this or find that or do these side quests, um, it's not just go beat this monster uh, every you know all the time. They're, those are those are sprinkled in as well, but um, they keep it varied. So I like how they have. I don't know. They almost have to me like the perfect. Um, balance for gameplay when you're playing these games is not too too much i guess some people might say it's too much story um and it can be a drag sometimes but between gameplay and story they kind of have a good balance i feel um i do i guess my one main con um and i think this is for most of the trails games it does get to be it does drag some places where uh, if you're not invested in some of these characters, you don't care what's going on, and you can get kind of bored on that. But um, I guess that's more of a story thing, not not a gameplay thing. Um, but yeah, uh, my rating uh, for gameplay is 4.5. Did you guys give a rating? I don't think you did. Uh, we haven't yet. No. What? Uh... I'm in the same battle. I think it about a 4.5. Uh, if, the only thing I would maybe improve on is uh, making like 
melee more vi uh, viable, which I feel like is a problem with all the Trails games in general, where, uh, like, at a certain point, melee become like, you can't use melee too much, because, I mean, I mean, you can, it's perfectly fine, you just take fucking twice as long, or maybe even five times as long. Yeah, you can and, break uh, the game with the arts a lot easier than melee, for sure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, uh, it has more, like, cons to it, like, enemies can dodge your melee attacks, uh, Whereas magic can't be dodged, I think, for the most part. Right. So it's like, why wouldn't you use the thing that guarantees that you're not going to, like, waste a turn? Right. Kind of thing. But. Yep. Yeah, I had a 4 out of 5 on this one. Um, again, I thought it was really good at a lot of stuff. I liked the combat. I thought it could be a little more varied. Um I did do the the Lloyd Vane tank and Magic Path, and it did work a lot better, but I think it was really repetitive after a while and not necessarily in a good way. Um, I think a little more differentiation, because all of the difficult boss fights were the Vade tank Lloyd with a vacuum attack and continual casting. That was pretty much it. Um, it's still good. It, it has it's it's a great game. Liked it a lot, but I think it just could have used a little bit more variety. So four out of five. Cool. I think uh, unfortunately that's like a problem with RPGs for the most part, right? Because like regular encounters are just there to take your time up, and mm -hmm. you don't really care about them. But then boss fights are like, oh shit, you actually have to think. But then if you find a setup that trivializes that, it's um, it's easy to do because the bosses are all made the same way. Yeah, maybe a better way to put it is I wish there's more than one way. Mm -hmm. Well, one more than one easy way. <laughs> yeah. Because everyone's going to go to the path of least resistance, and that's probably like the one easiest path is just they tank magic. So. And if, if you guys could tell me a way to beat Sigmund under five minutes without a Vay tank Lloyd, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I can't tell you that one. Sorry. You gotta be a level 125. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> new Game Plus. Yeah. They designed it for, I guess. Yeah, New yeah. Game Plus, it was one minute. <laughs> or 30 seconds or something. I just unloaded Damn. all my scraps on him and he's gone. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Well, that wraps up gameplay then. And that will bring us to our first musical break. Uh, as has become tradition, this is the main theme for the game, and we have allocate, allocated it as Brent's pick. Uh, so please enjoy.
Everybody good? Anybody need a break? I'm good. Yeah, I'm okay. good. Welcome back. Now we're moving on to the story section. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to make this short. Uh, I know this is the most long-winded section usually, um, but we can hopefully get through this pretty quickly. You can, you can, you don't have to go through details. You can more generalize it because. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel so, so like that's a group project here. <laughs> yeah, because we don't need to go through every single detail because there's so many details. Yeah, this, you could make this like four hours with a story. Yeah. Any other game, maybe, but this this one, it's uh, a little too meaty for that. Yeah. Uh, I did write some cliff notes, though, so I'll just kind of go off based off of that. Uh, so, as we've mentioned before, this game is a direct sequel to. Uh, the Legend of Heroes Trails from Zero. So if you have not played that one, you're probably going to be a little bit lost. Uh, however, this game opens up with uh, Lloyd and the new member of the SSS, uh, Noelle. can't remember her fucking last name. Well, I didn't say Lloyd's last name either anyway. So anyway. Seeker? Uh, Seeker, right, because they make fucking seeker- seeking jokes all the time in the stupid chests. Uh, yep, so you got Lloyd Bannings, uh, Noel Seeker, and they're joined by uh, the S rank, uh, Bracer, uh, Arios, don't remember his fucking last name either. McLean. And McLean, okay, appreciate it. <laughs> and uh, the Detective Dudley, I'm sure he has the last name too. Uh, it's actually his first name's Alex. Yeah. Alex, fuck, man. God damn it. <laughs> uh, the only reason I know is because I, I got to. <laughs> I have the wiki pulled up in front of me, so I'm just here to help. Ah, nice, nice. I do appreciate it. Okay, so these four lovely people are investigating one of the abandoned lodges of the cult of D. Uh, do they? So I can't remember. Do they refer to the cult as just the cult of D, or is it the cult of D therefore G? I have no. Idea. They do the, the therefore symbol all the time. I just do it. D, I just called it DG cult in my head, so I didn't. I didn't really. I know what that. I meant. believe it was D therefore G. However, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. Well, I'll, I'll just do the cult because fuck all that shit. Well, they're chasing what Hartman or whatever his name was. Uh, uh, yeah, Ernest has broken out of jail because he was arrested at the end of uh Shows from Zero. And he's kidnapped uh, Speaker Hartman, who was also a bad guy in the first game. And uh, I don't know. I don't think it, they explained what his motives were. Uh, they just, I think maybe it was going to sacrifice Hartman or something. But Ernest still has the power of Gnosis for some reason. And he can still turn into demons and shit, even though he doesn't have the pills. Anyway, you chase him through. Uh, they go. Um, you're chasing him through the abandoned uh, lodge for whatever uh cult was stationed in that area uh of the world and uh this is i guess like the tutorial section of the game so you're kind of learning how to play the game again and uh at some point during the chase uh lloyd and noel get split up from arios and dudley and cool uh, because you get to play as arios and at this point i think he's like 10 levels ahead of you and he's just badass uh, well, so is Dudley. They're both uh, way stronger than the other two characters. Except on New Game Plus, then they're little bitches. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so you get to a certain point, uh, and you catch up with Ernest, and he summons these um, monsters. I guess they're technically like some kind of uh, demon creation thing, like a puppet or something. But 
uh, during the fight, uh, the cave starts caving in, and Arios and Dudley get across the bridge that then uh, collapses, so Noel and Lloyd have to find a different way around. Uh, they do so. They actually get there to uh, fight Ernest before uh, Arios and Dudley can make it there, and uh, you fight him one time, and then you start turn, uh, turning into his super demon mode, which is what... Uh, Motherfucker, I can't remember his name, at the end of uh, Zero did. Jockum. Jockum. Joachim. Joachim, right. Yeah, it's it's basically like the the boss, the final battle of the first game, you're like redoing it uh, Mm -hmm. for the prologue. He like turns up like a kind of guy, basically, yeah. Yeah, so he, he has his normal demon form. You fight that, and he turns in like super demon form, which apparently ha- like becomes one with a gnosis or whatever the fuck. But uh, it, something goes wrong, and he says he can't, uh, like he doesn't, uh, like Ernest doesn't, uh, can't see uh, the information or something. Uh, so he starts freaking out, and uh, Arios and Dudley show up to save uh, Lloyd and Noel, and uh, they avoid an attack that. Uh, Joachim did as a big demon before too uh, and Lord, they want to kill Ernest because he's turning demon mode but Lloyd's like no I could talk him down well Lloyd, uh, so... Lloyd get all butthurt because he couldn't save Joachim in the first game and he's like no one else is dying it's almost like the Spider-Man thing where he doesn't want anyone to die fair enough yeah because that's definitely his personality yeah um so he started, he starts trying to talk down uh Ernest uh, but he's not it's not successful. However, the day is saved by Kevin. Uh not this Kevin, but a different Kevin. Kevin uh, from Trails of the Sky third chapter, I believe. Well, it's in the first two games too. Is he really? I don't remember seeing him in the first game, but maybe uh maybe, maybe I skipped too much dialogue or something. Actually, he might just... I think he might be at the start of the second game. and you, you, Okay. You get to use him in the second game, like, as a character. Oh. Spoilers. Nice. Okay. Spoilers, sorry. But... That's uh, what it is. It's old game. He's the main character. He's, he's the main character. <laughs> the as game. we're literally going through the entire story of the game. Spoilers. Right. <laughs> uh, yep, so Kevin shows up, and he is able to use his church powers... Which I, call, I think they call it uh, thaumaturgy. Uh, is, and... He uses a stigma. That's what they call it. Um, well, no, I thought he was just using like regular thaumaturgy, and he used a stigma till later. Uh, because I thought all of the uh, like all of the like the church people have varying uh, like degrees of proficiency with like real magic, which they call uh, thaumaturgy. Because like in the first game, they tried to use thaumaturgy on Kia. At the church to restore her memories or whatever, and she's like the the nuns like uh, yeah I'm not like I'm not really that good at it. You need a specialist from the church like proper or whatever. Yeah. So I was I was assuming that there, there's like because you have the stigma which is reserved for the six or seven, however many dudes there are that have the stigma. Dominion. And then you've got like, is that what they're called? Okay. Yeah. Kevin's um, uh, fifth dominion. I think there's twelve. Uh, there's eleven known so far, so they, I guess they don't have a number on it yet. Okay. Uh, 
Well, anyway, so here it comes. He does some magical stuff. <laughs> and he saves the day. He's able to prevent Ernest from reverting to, or like, I guess from exploding or whatever the fuck would happen. Uh, and he turns back to human form, and uh, they're able to arrest him and Hartman. And that brings us to chapter one, where um, the SSS, it's been a couple months since the end of Zero, and the SSS has kind of split up to do their own thing. We learned that Lloyd was training with the first division of uh, detectives or cops or whatever the fuck uh, to become a better detective. Uh, Ellie is off uh, or was off because I think she joins the chapter. She was off doing um, like politicking stuff. Uh, Randy has gone back to the CGF to help them retrain the people uh, that were affected by the Gnosis uh, stuff from the end of Zero. And Tia went back to the institute that she came from. Uh, I can't remember the fuck the proper name is because she had to do some stuff there. Uh, but then in the meantime, they also got two new recruits into the SSS. Uh, Noelle Seeker, who we've met already. She's from the CGF. Uh, it was assigned to the SSS to get uh, like inter, um, I guess, department training, essentially. And... Uh, Wazi Hemisphere, who was the leader of the Testaments gang in the downtown district of Crossbell. And uh, he apparently just had to ask uh, the mayor. But he did help out. He said, yeah. But he helped out in the, when the Gnosis took over, so I think that's what helped him. Right, right. Because he helped uh, um, back some, a lot of those guys, so... And some stuff that happened at the time between Zero and now is that the old mayor, who I think was Ellie's grandfather, uh, retired or took a step back, and they, they got a new mayor got elected, and it was uh, Dieter uh, Croy. Croy, I say Croy. Uh, who was the like the banking guy for the IBC? Uh, so he's like super rich and powerful, and uh, he's been doing good things for Crossbell up until this point. And uh, so the team's focus for this chapter is to kind of get back into the rhythm of things because I haven't been SSS for a while. And so it's currently just Randy, uh, Ellie, Noel, and uh, Wazi. Uh, so the first chapter is kind of low-key. You take some time uh, doing some requests. And uh, at the end of the uh, first day, uh, you are called to the uh, Crossbell Police uh, Training Facility. Can't remember exactly what it's called. Uh, uh, on a special just, mission. Just a police academy. The okay. academy, right. And uh, it turns out that your boss, uh, Serge... Sergey, Sergey, Sergey. Is... Has brought you there for uh, car traffic law lessons because you're getting a new car uh, which is generously donated by Dieter Cry, and uh, it's like uh, it's a special model that nobody else has or something that was designed in tandem between uh, fuck like I know it's a special techno technological place <laughs> like Zway or Zwei or something and uh, the IBC or whatever so you get a spiffy new car uh, so that's nice everybody's super excited about it and uh, everybody uh, has Noel drive them back to the uh, apartment or uh, SSS headquarters, and 
Everyone goes to sleep, then we start the next day. Uh, the next day is a little bit more, uh, I guess, involved with actual plot stuff because uh, in addition to your normal requests, uh, you're called over to the uh, mi the mains mines, I believe, uh, for an incident. And on your way there, you run into this big uh, redheaded dude with an intimidating presence. And uh, he asks everybody to look at the train coming by and count how many people are on it. Well, he doesn't ask you that, but he asks you after the train passes how many people are on the train. And you can guess the right answer. I don't know how you're supposed to know that's what you're supposed to do the first time, but uh, you can get it right and he will praise you or whatever and then move on. Um, you would more than likely have taken a monster extermination quest, I think, at this point. It might have been random, or not random, but mandatory. Yeah, it's, and a, as man he, it's a mandatory As he leaves, uh, you go down more, and you find a bunch of the, just monsters that are absolutely fucking uh, turned into mincemeat. And uh, everybody's like, oh shit, who could have done this? Uh, it's like, obviously the big fucking dude that just walked away, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys keep going on to mains, and they're like, oh yeah, something's going on in the mines. Uh, could you guys check it out? So you go in there, and as soon as you, uh, and this is different from the, the previous mines. The mines that I guess everybody normally works, these are old mines that have been abandoned for a while. Uh, so you head over there, and as soon as you walk through the entrance, uh, like a bomb goes off, and the entrance of the tunnel closes in behind you, and your team freaks out, um, but they decide to explore the mines anyway and see if they can find a, another exit. And as you're in there, uh, there's like an odd light that's uh, enveloping the whole place. And I can't remember if they determine that's from like uh, some plants or mushrooms or whatever that's growing in there. Well, I think it's because it's on a sepia vein or something like that. Well, uh, yeah, I know, I know, I know why, but I can't remember if the characters uh, like deduce that there's something in there yet, or it's just a weird light. I think uh, Lloyd deduces it because in this game, he like he definitely figures things out before like you do, and yeah, which is kind of like I like that he's not just stupid. You know what I mean? Like he figures it out, and he doesn't also doesn't ex he doesn't spoil the story like by saying it out loud until like the time comes. So. I like the yeah. There'll be, there'll be scenes where like some like he'll he'll have a recollection of something and he'll be like hmm. Well, I don't want to say anything yet because I don't have concrete evidence. Yeah, but then like when you get to that scene, like he'll spell it out so the the story kind of like doesn't spoon feed it to you. Like you can if you remember what Lloyd's remembering, you'll know what's going on. So I like yeah. I like that about the story. It does really come into his own as a detective, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a theme, I guess. His it's his plot theme where he's trying to catch up with his brother, whatever. Well, he's trying to figure out who murdered his brother. Like, that. well, sure, but he's also he wants to be as good as uh, Guy was. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Oh, yep. So you're in the mine, and you make your way to the end, and you there's this giant fucking dragon creature thing. Uh, that looks very distinct from every other creature that you've encountered so far. Um, and it attacks you, and you fight it off, but you're unable to defeat it. And uh, you are your party is saved by Randy, who comes out of fucking nowhere. And uh, you're able to kill the creature. 
and everybody's like has a nice reunion with Randy, and he t- he talks about where he's been, and then uh, you head back to the entrance of the mines, which have been uh, I-, I guess excavated, uh, so it's safe to leave, and everybody heads back to Crossbell for the start of the next chapter. Yeah, Randy's um, back in your group at that point. Am I missing too much? No, I think you're. I think it's you have the gist of it. Okay. No. I said I was trying to be uh, a little lighter on the the, the storyline <clears throat> stuff here. So yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, the not obviously, but the you were trapped in the mine for, to be tested by people later in the game. So mm-hmm. that, that was the whole point of that. But uh, all right, so but, start of chapter two. Does he have something else you want to say? I was going to say, I think Lloyd figured it out, like, because he's, like, that's the other thing. Like, he, like, will say, well, this is what happened. Uh, it wasn't just random. You can see the charges, the bomb chart. You know, like, he'll describe it, and he's like, this is obviously a test or something like that. Like, be prepared, or this, we're walking to a trap. You know what I mean? Like, he'll say that kind of stuff. So I like, uh, yeah. I like how... It's, they're not just playing stupid like oh i wonder what could have happened and blah 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 and uh he actually has reasoning or what he thinks the reason is which is in, like interesting well that comes back to kind of what we were talking about before how they they have a plan for every character and they've like written out how they would live their lives and stuff like that so it makes it easier in a, a scene to kind of figure out how each character would react to what's going on yeah, they all have their own personality and use their personality. And how would Lloyd figure this out, or how would Randy figure this out? And they all kind of stay true to their personality. It's not like out of nowhere, like Dusex mocking it. Well, which I guess they do have some of that. Like, where, like to try to be dramatic, Randy busts in when you already beat the the monster, but he still busts in to like finish him off or something, you know? Which... Yeah, that kind of stuff's fine. Yeah. Uh... Even if it's a little like a, a bit of a stretch, like how the hell did he get here so fast, kind of thing, which kind of, which is the thing that bothers me about these kind of games, where like it, you have just townspeople walking around between towns and shit, but your team has to fight monsters and get their asses kicked. It's like what the fuck are they? Is everybody just stronger than these characters? <laughs> how do they get there? Well, the bus they take how the bus, they... right? Isn't that what the? Well, sure, that's explained in this game, but like in general, like and uh, like in Rain... Final Fantasy sixteen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, Randy, I think he he took that back way that you take later to get to that the monster. Um, That's what I think he says later in the game. But I don't think the was the rope not there yet though. I don't remember looking. Yeah, the uh, the the ladder's broken, but I'm talking about the other way, where you have to go from the train. Well, no, I know, but he but he when you follow him, he he installs a rope. They say, oh look, he put a rope here, and he we we can use this rope to go down and follow him. Uh, maybe he had. Maybe that's where he came the first time. I don't know. Uh, could be. <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> Chapter two. Uh, so there's been a big talk about this new building being revealed. Uh, that's been under construction for a while, uh, and they're going to, to plan on moving uh, like pretty much all the administrative stuff into this new building. It's like the new city hall, right? The. Say that again. It's basically like the new city hall. They moved the city hall. Uh, yes, yes, but they haven't opened it yet, right? So uh, yeah, they haven't unveiled it. it. Yeah, 
it's planned it's planned to be like the center point of the city now and it's the largest skyscraper in on the continent uh and so there's going to be like a big unveiling thing and they're also going to do a trade conference there on the same at the same time so everybody's kind of preparing for that and this trade conference is going to have all the big wigs from uh, all the uh, different countries around Crossbell, uh, because Crossbell is the like trade center uh, or like the heart of the continent where all the trade goes through. Um, so you have uh, people from uh, Gilith Osborne from Erebonia, the president of Calvard. As far as I'm concerned, he's not important enough to know his name. You will be in the next game. Uh, I suppose. I suppose. Uh, well, not not Reverie, but the one after, right? The yeah, Kuro or whatever. He shows up in four, I think, too. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and you got the Chloe. Uh, yeah, Chloe. Her name is a Chloe in this game, right? It's Chloe. It's her actual name. Yeah, she's the princess. Princess, whatever. Fuck Chloe. Um, she, and then her guards. Yeah, you don't know that unless you uh, play the first two, which. Um, and then you got Oliver and uh, Mueller, who's his personal guard, I guess. And Oliver is a prince of one of the princes of Erebonia. Um, and then he's the bastard prince, right? He's not the f- that's what full blood. He's not. That's why he's not responsible for anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. He'd be a fucking bard. Um, the, but also um, don't forget who else makes an appearance from uh, Cold Steel. Toa. Toa is there, but she doesn't have a name. Which I thought was really uh, cool. I don't know if that was added later, do you think? Or do you think that was always there? I think that was it had always been there. Because they, well, they talk about it in Crossbell, uh, or Cold Steel 1, where she's like, yeah, I went on to... Uh, I went with... Because they were talking about Oliver or whatever, and they're like, yeah, I went with him to the trade conference or something. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's definitely was planned out. So that, that kind of shit's like such next level storytelling you know like such an easter egg for people of like if you if you played i guess if you played cold steel first it's a bigger thing but if you play it second you're like oh yeah i vaguely remember this person from trails of azure this is weird but you know they're important because she has like a picture and everything yeah but you don't like that's her only line of dialogue in the game and it's like all right what's up with that it's just like her, it's not even her talking, I think it's just her thought, like, bubble. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, love it, love it. Um, well, so essentially what's going on here is uh, the team is not assigned to do anything with the trade conference, so they're just doing their own normal stuff, but they're on high alert because it's a big event, so there'll be a lot of people in the town uh, or the city, and so that, it's important to kind of keep everything going straight. Um, at the end of the first day, um, let's see, I don't think anything special happens. Uh, I have to look this up again real quick. I think it's just like a normal, like end of the day thing. Uh, while everybody's kind of getting prepared for, yeah, the the most important thing that happens is you have to go and get the surveys from, uh, these people who were infected with it or yeah, the tetanosis shit and they haven't return their surveys into the doctor that's the end of the first day is kind of a nothing important going on but the second day uh is when shit starts getting real because 
Fuck, maybe it's not. Maybe it's only the third day. Wasn't that when Shirley <laughs> Shirley, Shirley shows up at the SSS? The second, uh, and then it's like Red Constellations there or something. Is that when things start getting real? Um, I think so. Yeah, because Shirley shows up and grabs Ellie's tits or something, <laughs> uh, which is a like a running gag, which I am kind of whatever about. Like, I don't even know if I were like that when I was a teenager, because that's a bit over the top for me, but. I think it's she's more, an over the top character. Yeah, it's more anime thing where it's always got to be the girl with the big boobs and the other girls like the girl with the big boobs. I feel like that's like a trope in anime. Just I guess keep, it's a Japanese thing. Just to keep the fanboys like excited, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it could be. It's not uh, I don't think it translates very well to the US, especially now Me Too has gone through like doesn't matter who you are, grabbing boobs is like definitely frowned upon so yeah definitely uh, kind of yeah sexual self will will yeah, uh, i guess <laughs> they t- people take it way more seriously nowadays it's not like a joking thing like you know this is 2011 uh when this came out so this is probably written way before that so back then yeah i think there's less of a stigma to it and now it's like yeah probably not the best look so fair enough um so the start of day two like again nothing really exciting is going on uh but then eventually you get some information uh from jonah that his old uh terminal under the geofront is not connecting right or something weird's going on there and he wants you to check it out and you guys get there and you find out that there's uh the terminal's been hacked or something. Uh, there's like a virus on it. And uh, there's an ominous voice coming through the computer or something that says something about like the room's going to get destroyed if you don't win a game of pom-pom party. Uh, and so Lloyd gets nominated to play a pom-pom party against Campanella. And I don't know what happens if you lose because I didn't lose. But if you when you win, uh, you, the room still gets uh, threatened to be destroyed. He's like, all right, we're going to do another match or something like best two out of three but then Tio hacks in and she uh, just completely wipes the floor with the guy and uh, then you got your team runs out from the terminal room and it explodes and that's in day three or day two do they do the unveiling in that day or is it the day three they do the unveiling uh, I mean they might have done it way earlier I think maybe at the end of chapter one because uh yeah, that whole building had a big, like, big ass uh, cloth. Like they had to get the biggest cloth ever to cover the whole building, right? Uh, <laughs> the unveiling, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, it might have been day one. I'm not hundred percent sure. Uh, it's like it's a it's a, they make it a big thing in the in the game, but it's not really that big a thing in the like plot. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, eventually, one of these days, the fucking. <laughs> The tower's revealed, and everybody goes like on the roof or whatever and, and sees it, and oohs and ahs at it. Uh, but on day three, it's time for the actual uh, trade meeting, conference meeting. So, uh, because something you you learn information from uh, Campanella on the terminal that blew up about uh, maybe an attack on the trade conference. So you present this information to I think Dudley. And he's like, okay, uh, well, you guys can be part of the security then. 
uh, we'll have you on like the floors where the conference is going, and you can just uh, do a patrol. Uh, so you kind of wrap up your uh, request for the day, and then you head to Orcus Tower, and uh, you watch this like back and forth thing go on where Erebonia and Calvard shit all over Crossbell. <laughs> and, well, basically, uh, they're fighting over Crossbell, and they basically the whole conference is like. You know, one of them wants to absorb it into their country, and the other smaller countries are like, well, we have this treaty and pact, and they're trying to, like, dissuade that from happening, basically. And I think the other countries are using their force or to kind of get more... I don't think they, the whole point was to get um, Erebonia, or not Erebonia, but the crossbell absorbed into them, but they want to put it out there so they get more... I guess uh, benefits for not doing it. That's what I, the way I took it. Uh, well, the way the way I see it is, they Erebonia and Calvard are kind of like they have some, I guess, personal or, or political strife going on in the countries at the moment because there's like the noble faction shit going on in Erebonia, and then you got uh, like the essentially Nazis in Calvard, uh, and. So they, I think they want, to, the plan was they want to fight over Crossbell again because that'll take everybody's minds off of the internal strife happening in the countries. And so Erebonia and uh, Calvard's uh, leaders like, are working behind the scenes to uh, like each kind of outmaneuver each other to uh, claim Crossbell. And the purpose of this meeting is to keep Crossbell from becoming strong enough to resist Okay. Uh, the future advances uh, of either one of the countries, because they they talk about uh, a lot during the um, like the conference. They'll be like, "Oh, you guys aren't strong. You don't have a fucking standing military. You can't defend yourself from attacks." And then they orchestrate an attack on Crossbell and be like, "See, right. you can't defend yourself." And it's like, "Well, because you guys didn't give us a fucking military. Like, how how are we supposed to do this shit?" And then so they use that as like reasoning role you can't you're not strong enough to finish yourself you're not strong enough to become an actual country you still need to rely on other countries and whatever and this is all, all like, that kind of this is all like kind of later on you learn this all planned to get crossbell to be able to have you know actual tanks and stuff because all they have like the best thing they have is like a souped up suv is their strongest line of defense yeah um at the end of the so at the end of this this chapter, which is where we're at, pretty much. Um, during the at the end of the uh, trade conference, uh, or I guess near the end of it, there's an attack by two airships um, that come in and like try to blow out the windows, but they're all bulletproof. Um, and uh, then they land on the roof, and a bunch of terrorists. Uh, uh, I think noble faction terrorists from Erebonia are allied with nationalists from Calvard. And they're attacking the Orcus Tower. And these are the people that got the uh, information from Campanella or whatever when he hacked the the terminals. Because like I think he sent them um, like blueprints to the Orcus Tower so they knew where to go and what to attack. So anyway, the Orcus Tower is getting attacked and uh, the SSS leaps into action and they go help defend the, the dignitaries, I guess would be the right term. Um, uh, some of the terrorists escape into the building proper and uh, they go down these like hidden paths that lead to the geofront 
And so the SSS and uh, Arios and Deadly are there, and they decide to split up and each uh, chase a different faction. Uh, Arios and Dudley get the uh, nationalists from Calvard, and the SSS get the uh, noble faction people or whatever from. Uh, maybe they're not noble faction. Maybe they're the op opposite because they're crows faction, right? And they aren't. They're not nobles. Are they? Were they nobles? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're nobles faction. They the well, faction. Cro crows. Crows uh, side was allied with the noble faction because they wanted to get rid of uh, Gilead. Gilead. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he wasn't technically like he. They're using each other for the most part. It was yeah. using their money to finance his, you know, operation basically. Right. Okay. Uh. Yep. So SSS chases the the noble faction dudes. Uh. You get to a fight near the end. Uh. I think you fight like an APC or something too. Yeah. Uh. And they the the noble faction people escape further in, but uh they get all murdered except. For for one guy by uh randy's uncles uh red constellation shows up in the, yeah, the jaeger people yeah they just destroy them uh and shirley's there uh which i guess uh i guess i should probably mention uh we previously so the big red guy we ran into earlier is a uh, segment right uh he's the de facto leader of the red constellation which is the jaeger group that randy was part of before joining the sss and the cgf um, and Shirley, the girl that grabbed Ellie's boobs, is his Randy's cousin and the daughter of Sigmund, or Sigurd, whatever the fuck his name is. Um, and they were hired by, you come to find out, uh, uh, Gilead Osborne to be his, um, like bodyguards essentially while he's in the trade conference. Um, and their orders were to kill, uh, anybody that I guess got in their way. Or whatever, or threaten the or threaten Gilead. Um, but I can't remember if like the they knew that there was going to be a terrorist attack. Uh, it's like I feel like it's implied that the Erebonians and the Cal uh, Calvardians knew that there was going to be a terrorist attack. They just didn't prevent it from happening because they wanted to use it as leverage against crossbells. Yeah, not being strong enough to defend uh, people or whatever. For sure, and it's a good way to uh, kind of take out some of the. That faction, because they split them up basically, because the other half was yeah. still, Crow's half was still on the other side, and you learned that, um, the one G, like I think it's G, uh, from, I can't remember what that, uh, their group was called, but uh, he died uh from Red Constellation killed him, uh, which only happened off off screen in Cold Steel. So you never got to see that happen in, in this game. So if you played this game first, you already knew what happened. Yeah. So. Mm. Uh, I guess that's essentially the chapter. <laughs> uh, SSS catches up to uh, the Red Constellation and sees all the bodies. And uh, Lloyd has a crisis of faith because he's like, I thought I could... But I thought I was prepared for death, but you know I don't want to see people die, and it's my fault that these people got murdered. The typical Lloyd stuff, and he carries that into the intermission, which is a beach episode essentially, um, where everybody kind of chillaxes at Michelin's beach, and uh, like at the Disney. end of the intermission, uh, there's like a big meeting with uh, the mayor, and they all talk about like the future, I guess, of Crossbell shit, and how he's going to declare independence. I think. 
Uh, something you wanted to add, Kevin? Oh, I was going to say, Michelheim is uh, basically Disney World. So, uh, I guess that makes sense. It's uh, Michi yeah. is, is Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Yep. All right. I didn't think about that before, but it makes sense. Yeah. So it's this world's version of uh, Disney World, and they have the you know, Magic Mountain and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, well, so that's the intermission. <laughs> Pretty short. Uh, a little bit more detail. They get to play volleyball and kind of have some character interactions and stuff. But it's uh, it's just kind of like a brain. Like a lot of stuff happened in that chapter. Like you're like three days worth of stuff, and it was like just kind of like a decompress before they ramped up things again. So I kind of like they did that. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. So. This is what, it's cool. Like it's cool. Like we get to know the characters more and stuff like that. Yeah, you can take. This is one of the parts where you can take like different characters on dates or hang out or whatever, and you get to kind of talk to them a little bit more. And then you get to go on dates with like characters that aren't part of the party, uh, which is kind of cool. If you wanted to date them later, like uh, Rixia shows up and all that kind of stuff. So there's other characters that aren't normally a part of it that show up. That I don't know. It's just fun because it's like the whole cast is there. So. Uh, is there anything that you've been wanting to add, Kyle, or do you want me to just keep going? No, you're covering it. All right. <laughs> okay, chapter three. So shit's getting real. Crossbell's been attacked. Uh, weird stuff has been happening for a couple weeks now in regards to like the environment and stuff. And uh, the SSS is being called upon to help assist the bracers and the CGF with these new uh, monsters that they're turning terming cryptids and they seem to just be spawning at uh in random locations like on roads on mountains and they're deemed to be a threat to the populace so they're uh sss is tasked with uh exterminating them um in the course of the investigations uh i'm not sure if this is completely optional or not but you can see these like brown or blue plants mushroom things and you can inspect them and everybody's like these are kind of weird um and these crypto things look very very similar to that dragon thing you fought in chapter one so kind of a call back to that when you kill the second cryptid and you investigate the blue plant uh lloyd's like oh shit this is probably the reason why weird stuff is happening and everybody uh you pick i think you can pick the plant and you can bring it back as evidence uh, and you present it to a bunch of people and try to figure out what it is. Uh, the most important one, I think, is the church guy. The, I don't know if he's a deacon or whatever the fuck he is, but the, the head of the church of Crossbell. And he recognizes the uh, plant and then summarily dismisses the party from uh, the church and says, it's pretty much like, uh, it's like, it's one of those things where like you know that they know stuff, but they're, they're denying it and they're acting like, the stuff like something came up to kick you out uh but reese yeah reese reese i said reese um who is a nun that you met you i think you have the option of talking to a couple times throughout the first couple chapters and she's she's a main character in three so if you played third you know who she is uh yeah for those that haven't like myself She's just buddy-buddy with Kevin, so you know there's something going on. 
Oh, is there? With all that. Uh, evidently, or I guess her sister was like the previous uh, Dominion that Kevin is now or something? Yeah, she saved Kevin's life. Okay. Um, there's a long backstory. There's a, there's a backstory to it, but for the most part, uh, he was a street urchin type thing, and she saved him, basically, and then she died, and he is able to take over her powers type thing. So. Okay. Uh, so because of her position in the church as one of the, the girls with her, I think they're called. Mm-hmm. They're like the artifact hunters of the church. Um, and the guy, the deacon dude, whatever, the head guy in, in Crossbell does not like that faction for some reason. So she's there undercover uh, trying to figure out something, I guess, relating to the cult uh, from before. But uh, you present her the plant and she recognizes it from one of the uh, like forbidden tomes that they have that only the girls are allowed to read or something uh and they discover that it's actually the plant that's talked about in a bunch of the cults um uh terminal information stuff that you guys picked up that were uh like uh redacted oh yeah that's another part of the game where you slowly uh translate that back from uh being uh encrypted right uh, and this is so this plant is what they were talking about uh, that they use is what they use to make gnosis mm-hmm. and so everybody's concerned that suddenly it's cropping up everywhere and they're trying to you're gonna try to figure out why um, and that's essentially the end of day one which I think is the biggest uh, pro- thinking about it it's a kind of the biggest plot hole when they go to, oh, so I don't know if like that all that gnosis grass or whatever it's called was always there on the other side of Michelheim or if like that just showed up. Because uh, like I think they say that it, it was there because that's where Joachim was getting all the ship from. It just wasn't propagating beyond that for some reason. And then I think uh, when um, they ring the bells or whatever the fuck they're doing, oh, uh, the the cause that made it spread. Okay, that makes more sense. So he found it was like probably a lot smaller when he first found it, but it was always there. Yeah, and when they ring, because well, he said in his notes that there was a place where there's it's abundant. So I'm assuming that it's always just the Azure wetlands. Okay. But nobody ever went there for some fucking reason. So like whatever. Yeah, I guess that's the biggest thing. It's I like, think somebody would have noticed that shit before, but I guess I guess if it's undiscovered like land, I guess not. But I don't know. They, people have airships, so I'm assuming somebody would have rode over that area at one point and been like, "Oh, what's this shit?" Right. But plot stuff. So you know, he's got to hand wave it away. Yeah. Uh, day two has them con- trying to continue the search about cryptid stuff, but unfortunately, uh, there is an incident with the train service, and uh, the SSS is called to investigate that. Uh, you get there, and one of the trains was just completely, uh, I don't say obliterated, but it was like, right. it looks like it was, uh, it's wrecked, but it was like, uh, an, an, in an unnatural way, right? Um, so Lloyd does his investigation stuff and determines that some kind of creature was keeping pace with the train and punched it or, or something like it hit it in such a way that it, it knocked it off the tracks and into the, uh, the cliffside, I guess. Uh, and as you're doing that investigation stuff, you hear like a roar and your team decides to go investigate that. Um, you go to the training 
survival area thing next to the police academy, which is where all the police recruits, I guess, go to train. Uh, as you make your way through there, you come across uh, like a demonized person who the characters don't know who it is yet, uh, but the players do. And it's Walds, who was the rival of Wazi Hemisphere in the gangs. Uh, before Wazi joins S- uh, the SSS officially, uh, Walt challenges him to a duel, uh, and Wazi uh, kicks his ass, but not like enough, I guess. He like he holds back still, even though uh, Walt asked him not to. So Walt gets resentful, and it's somehow uh, found by somebody who offers him Gnosis. Yeah, and he takes the Gnosis and turns into a demon. But however, uh, he's uh, kind of like Ernest, where he can control it. Well, the clear distinction is he doesn't take the other color gnosis. He takes the regular gnosis, and beca- right. because he has the will or something like that, he can transform without the more powerful like gnosis that will kill you, basically. So he feels like he's a badass because he doesn't need the, the higher-end gnosis stuff, I guess. Uh, and he is kind of a badass because he single-handedly like, destroys a bunch of shit yeah, for a he, while. Yeah. Uh, but it's kind of, it's, uh, one of those things where you fight them, you can win technically, but you're supposed to lose. And as you're getting your ass kicked, I think some people come by and save you or something like that. Yeah. The, uh, he leaves CGF or whatever show up. Oh, the CGF, right. They show up with rock and shit and he just shrugs them off and he's like, all right, I'm done playing for now and bails. Uh, but I don't think the team has, has the team figured out it's Wald yet. I think so. Cause Wazzy recognizes his voice or something, right? Yeah, I think anyway, they, they he says it or something or the, he's like the way he talks is this are you all like they figure it out basically. Yeah. Okay. Um well that brings us on to day 3 which is um more cryptid uh exploration stuff. Except this time um the two bracers that were assigned to a specific section of of Crossbell uh, have not been in contact with the Bracer Guild for like two days. So the SSS is asked to investigate that and see if they can find them. Um, you are able to piece together where they went from some clues, I think, from talking to people. I can't remember exactly. Uh, and you find that they've gone to these wetlands that are uninhabited. So the crew takes a boat over there. Um, and shortly... After getting there, you find the first bracer who's uh, like trapped under the, this some magical trap thing, whatever. I don't know exactly what it is. It looks like thorns, kind of, but it's like electrical energy like a, stuff. It's like a net or something. Is it okay? It looked like a net to me, like a magic net or something like that. That was yeah, keeping them down. That makes sense. Uh, well, you liberate this person. Uh, I can't remember what her name is. Liberate, liberate her from uh, the trap, and uh, you you have left one party member here uh, to uh, like kind of uh, watch over them, and you keep going. Well, that's where you forgot Yin shows up. Right, right. Rixia shows up. Oh, <laughs> Yin, my bad. My bad. Well, if you don't, uh, well, everybody knows. Everyone knows except for uh, the Lloyd and them. Yeah. Um, you're right. So, uh, Yen gets a task from the, the Huey guys that she's working with to come here for some reason, I guess, investigate too. Uh, so you meet her there or him there as you 
you talk to the boat and you're, you're made to leave one of the party members behind so you can have uh, Ian join the party. Uh, you free the bracer, you make your way further in, you find another bracer, you free her. Um, everybody kind of meets up and you decide to keep exploring because the, the stories from the two bracers say that there's uh, some strong knight who came in uh, and essentially just defeated them without any kind of problem. And everybody's like, I wonder who that could be. We need to figure this out. So you keep going further in. Uh, when you get to the end, you run into um, one of the enforcers for Ouroboros, Campanella. I think is Zero or something, right? Yeah, he's Enforcer Zero, and, then, and Aaron Hood's there. Yeah, Aaron right there, but she and the scientist dude are not Enforcers. They're the other kind. Uh, of, uh, the Anguish. Anguish? Yes. Um, which are, I guess, like the... I guess the tier system is like you got the master and then you have the anguist and then you have the enforcers. Yep. Um, so uh, the scientist dude is talks so much shit. I think you might have gone to the the doll factory a couple at a, a couple points in time by this point too and talked to the guy there. Uh, but essentially, the scientist dude's like, "Oh, we're building things and we're treating this crossbell place as a testing ground for stuff and experiments and blah blah blah." Campanella's there because. He's just having fun, I guess. And Ariane Rod or whatever is there to act as like their protector or I think something. They're there to get that gnosis grass, right? I don't think they care about that too much. They think they care more about uh, propagating like uh, septium or well, stuff, like uh, the there, yeah. the power from that, so they can funnel that into the the, um, the bell shit or whatever. Because the the yeah, yeah. I think the plant does. It changes. It, it has like effect on the world, and it makes it more with the all seven elements, not just the four, whatever the fuck. Do the higher elements get evolved or whatever involved? Yeah. Uh, so, I, so I think that's the only reason they we care about the plants, but I don't know. They don't mention it specifically because they're more worried about like other shit. I think like the robots that come later. Um, but uh, you try to fight them off, but before you do, uh, another cryptid is spawned, and you have to fight the cryptid off. And then uh, Ariana Rod's like, "All right, I'll fight you guys," and she just solos everybody. Uh, but then uh, all the people left behind, plus uh, Arios and more bracers, come in and back you up. And the Orbos people leave, and uh, your team leaves and goes back to well, that's Crossbell. Gin gets her like mast taken off, right? And that's where right everyone... during the fight. Yeah. So everybody figures out that's Rixia. Yep. Um, all right. Day four. This one is the most exciting day yet. <laughs> because uh, I think this is when the Red Constellation uh, starts attacking. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know. I can't remember if at this point the... Um, no, Crossbow hasn't been claim, uh, said to be independent yet. Okay. Uh, nope. So the the Red Constellation had like disappeared for a little bit, but now they've come back and they've attacked Mains, I believe. Yeah, the Mountain Path. Yeah. Um, and uh, your team's like it's the the Crossbow the uh, Guardian Force is like fighting them off or whatever. So your team's not involved yet. But uh, Randy hears about this shit, and he gets fed up with it, and he decides that he's going to go end it for once and for all. And so uh, he leaves the party, and he goes and gets his old uh, Jaeger weapon back and gets it fixed up. And then he uh, goes on a, a solo mission to, I guess, 
try to take out Shirley and uh, Sigmund. Uh, but uh, Wazi finds out and like, has a conversation with him before he leaves, but doesn't stop him. And everybody in the morning wakes up and they figure out Randy's gone and they kind of do some investigative work and they figure out that he went to go stop uh, the Red Constellation. So they chase him down and they save his ass from being killed by Shirley. And that's the end of that chapter. <laughs> well, yeah, and then they have that heart to heart, Randy and uh, Lloyd, and he's like, because he has some, uh, if you go into more of the details, like he has a hang up where. Because when he was leader or part leader or whatever group of the Red Constellation he was leading, they had to destroy a village um, to cause a distraction so they can take out this other rival uh, Jaeger group. And when they did that, they killed the shop, Randy, or whatever, the shopkeeper that Randy was really good friends with that reminded him of Lloyd died. Anyways, there's a whole backstory to all that. And, uh, that's why Lloyd went off by himself because he didn't want to get anyone else hurt. But then Lloyd's like, it doesn't matter anymore. You're family now. And if you go, we go type thing. And Randy finally accepts that, that basically SSS is his new family. That's yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have to be held down by his past anymore. Right. Okay. Uh... Oh, we missed a, missed a, missed a day. All right. Uh, I missed the whole chapter. Chapter four, now, right? We're on chapter. Four. <laughs> I'm skipping ahead. I'm skipping ahead. Uh, it's chapter four. This chapter, uh, I think, uh, because of the announcement, uh, the coming announcement of uh, Independence for Crossbell, Noel's like, I got to go back to the Guardian Force. I can't be in SSS anymore. I got other stuff to do. Uh, so they spend this last day together just doing SSS stuff. Um, and at the end of the day um noel leaves and goes back to the guardian force and wazi's like i also gotta chat i got some stuff to do um and he also leaves and so i think day two is just the main party yeah the main four um and at this time i can't remember if this is when kia gets kidnapped again yeah so Kia gets kidnapped again. At the in her mission, she kind of woke up and sleepwalked to the this castle in Michelin. Uh but this time uh she gets kidnapped by uh the Red Constellation. Well she doesn't really get kidnapped, she just goes willingly. Right, right, right. Uh somebody shows I think it's Arios or Mary Bell. Somebody shows up and they talk to her. Mary Bell talks like, to her at the end of like the Michelin like when they were in the beach the intermission, park, yeah. intermission, they talk and uh, she realizes what she like what she thinks she has to do to save Lloyd, which is to go with him, which we'll get into here in a minute. Right. Okay. Uh, anyway, so Kia is, is gone. I think she's supposed to be watching by Cecile, which is Lloyd's sister-in-law-ish kind of thing. Um, yeah. But... Uh, they find out that she went to Michelin Castle, so you follow her there, you climb up to the top of the castle, and, uh, yeah, oh yeah, there's definitely, definitely been, uh, the point where Crossbow's independent now, and there's no longer the Guardian Force, it's now the Crossbow Defense Force. And Arios is not a bracer anymore, he is now the, like, head of the Crossbow Defense Force. Uh, Dieter Krog made himself president's. Um, 
his daughter is now the leader of uh, banking, IBC Bank shit. Uh, so lots of stuff happened in the political landscape. Um, so you get to the top of the castle, and you find uh, Maribel Croy, uh, Arios, and Kia. Except Maribel is not in her normal like uh, work attire. She's in this like weird dominatrix outfit. <laughs> Uh, and so they plot dump stuff that uh, the Croy family has been like a family of alchemists for millennia, and they were working on bringing back the Septarian of uh, Barrage, I guess, which is what it was, um, which died many, many years ago. And so they were able to use alchemy, and through their alchemy, they made a homunculi, which is Kia. Uh, and then they're going to use Kia as uh, like a new, I guess, vestible. Vest- Damn it, what's that word? Vessel? Uh, vessel, yes, thank you. Uh, for the powers of a Septarian, but because uh, they're making it themselves, they were able to like add an extra like effect or something to it. So be- instead of becoming the Septarian of Mirage, she's becoming the Septarian of Zero. Which is, I guess, has all of the higher element powers in her instead of just Mirage. Yeah, she can control. Uh, time. She can control time and space, basically, and memories and stuff like that. Yeah, <clears throat> she's basically a god. Yeah. Uh, oh, she has to like heal people and shit too. So, but she we'll does that a little bit later. She doesn't but... have all. Her, she doesn't have all her powers or anything yet. She has to get like the the bells and the septim veins have to flow through her or something mm-hmm. charged up yep. which is what you're about to watch at this point because she's sitting in some throne and uh Marty bell i guess tells them to turn on or tell somebody to turn on all shit or whatever and uh the bells start ringing all across the uh crossbell the yeah crossbell <laughs> all across crossbell, and... all the bells are ringing oh okay yeah yeah and uh, and I mean, I get I get it now. I get that now. <laughs> it's like, my brain just exploded a little bit. <laughs> uh, yep. So all the all the all the power of all the elements or whatever go to Kia. She starts turning into the god superior thing, but uh, SSS tries to stop them. And Arios is like, if you you have to prove you're strong enough to defeat me to whatever, uh, typical bullshit. And mm-hmm. so you guys get your ass kicked by Arios. Uh, Noelle shows up and everybody's like, yo, Noelle, help us. And she's like, no, I'm part of the CDF now. I'm doing my job for my country. And so everybody gets arrested. And that's the end of this chapter. And we go into f- the Fragments chapter, which is a pretty short chapter. Uh, which I don't where like, whatever. You just yeah. play... Do they tell you like why only Lloyd is the one in jail and everyone else is out? Uh, I think that's because he's the only one that's... Uh, they think he's the only one that's smart. <laughs> oh. Right, because he's a co- he's a detective, right? Uh, and he's he's pretty much been the face of the, the SSS, and he's the one leading the charge for like all the investigation stuff. Because even the first game, everybody else is like, "Yeah, we're not cops, dude. You're gonna be doing all the cop shit." Yeah, and he's like, "All I right." Think, I think they do say like uh, uh, they're, they're just putting him in there temporarily until everything like goes like finalizes or something like that. So I think they just tell him it's temporary because uh, they know he would try to stop him or something like that. Well, so my thing is, uh, Lloyd's a nobody, right? He, like nobody, like in the polit- political landscape, he's nothing. Like he's just a dude. Randy, I think, escapes, right? Uh, custody or something. Yeah. So they don't actually have him in custody. 
uh, Ellie is a political prisoner. She's being kept with her grandfather and a couple of people at the state, uh, the old statement's mansion or whatever, Michelham. Yeah. Michelham. Tio is like a tool for the Institute or whatever she's from. So I think they, uh, she's we're planning on using her or something because they know they can or something like that. I can't remember how you get her back. She's at the hospital, so she's just helping out. Like... Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, somehow. Yeah, somehow she got put over there, which I don't fucking get either. Uh, and Noelle's working with the CDF, so she's free. And Wazi left before all this shit happened, so he didn't get caught. Right. So, yeah, they're always the only one just kind of like a dude, I think. <laughs> they didn't know what else to do with him. They're like, just throw him in jail. They might have thought it was all like a, an irony for him to be a police officer being put into a police jail. Yeah. So. Uh, but essentially, uh, you you wake up and you're in jail. You've been in jail for like a month or something. And your roommate, your bunkmate, is Garcia, who was uh, the Jaeger who worked for the Mafia for the first game, who you helped in prison. Uh, and I guess he gives you a hard time, but I guess he respects you, too, because you're like Lloyd's uh, or Guy's brother or whatever. I don't know. There's like a weird thing going on there. But uh, Lloyd decides that he can't be in there anymore, and he's got to get out to save Kia and everybody else. And Garcia's like, all right, I'm down with that. So you guys bust out, and Garcia, uh, whenever when you guys have escaped, Garcia's like, I can't leave my my men in jail, so I'm going back. And Lloyd just runs off by himself. Um, at at the start of the next chapter, which is the finale. Wait, you've uh, missed the spot where he gets her. Oh, right, Zeke. Yeah, Zeke. Uh, well, he goes through the forest, and then. He, who, he's fighting something, and Zeke shows up and helps him. Yeah, he's fighting the, the defense force because he gets caught and he gets chased into the, the woods survival area. Yeah. And he, when he gets cornered, Zeke comes, uh, shows up, but he's in his giant wolf form. And then there's like some plot dump about how he Zeke is the divine wolf, and he's lived for many, many centuries, millennia, whatever. He was there when the old Septarian Mirage existed, and he has like, there's a, uh, apparently like each place on the continent has like a a mythical beast like a, a divine beast that's protecting the the septarian or something i guess there's a dragon in uh liberal or something yeah, i didn't have experienced that yeah there's a dragon in that one you'll see it in the second game okay um yep so like he he gets saved by zeet and then you run off to the uh, border i think near calvar but uh, also, you get chased down by an airship, and when it lands, uh, Wazi's on it, of, of, along with um, Kevin, uh, Reese, and uh, Abaddon, or whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah, Abdul or whatever, Abdul. It's Abbas. Abbas. Uh, anyway, uh, you learned that. <laughs> More plot dumb shit. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, does he say something? Go ahead. Okay. Uh, so you learn through some more plot dump shit that Wazi is actually also a, a member of the Dominion Growls Raider shit. Whatever. And Abbas is also, like, his, I guess, second in command uh, uh, in the Growls Raider. And they have uh, special airships that are manufactured specifically for the church. They're super high tech and all the stuff. Uh, Kevin's got one. Uh, with Reese and Wazi's got one with Abbas and they, uh, Lloyd decides to work together with them to save Kia and Wazi promises that he won't uh, like treat Kia poorly 
when they go to try to reclaim her as like an artifact for the church. And and uh, Lloyd's like, well, look, I'm not gonna let you take her anyway. Uh, and Wanda's like, well, we'll come to that when we when it when it happens or whatever. Uh, but that leads us into the first part of the finale where Lloyd and Wazi just kind of go around uh, and recollect everybody from the SSS. Uh, at this point, all that, that blue plant from the wetlands has spread literally everywhere uh, across Crossbell. And uh, somehow Kia is able to tap into, or somebody's able to tap into it and like know where people are by touching the grass or something, so they can't land the airship everywhere. They can only land it in places where the grass or the plant is not at. Yeah, some um, contrivance, yes. <laughs> uh, and there's some like weird shit going on where because Kia's got all these powers now, she's also uh, been given these three uh, giant robots called the Aeons by the Ouroboro scientist dude. And she is able to kind of give them sentience, and they go off and do like stuff with uh, superior powers. Um, like one of them. Uh, also, Calvard and Araboni are attacking Crossbell right now, and uh, one of the ions goes and destroys the Calvard uh, military forces. The other Aeon goes and fights the Arabonian military forces, and then the third one. Uh, goes and destroys Guerrilla Fortress, which is about to shoot these giant artillery cannon things at Crossbell. And it combined um, like in this part of the game is where in the cross or in the Cold Steel game where that side of the mount or the that base gets basically like uh, I would say destroyed, but like it gets wiped out off the face of the earth, basically like it never existed. And this yeah. is where this happens, where that uh, that Aeon just goes and wipes it from existence basically right uh, yep so your team gets back together and then you figure out that you have to stop the bells from ringing and that they're making this barrier that's around a cross bell that only people that are allowed to come in and out can go in and out through or whatever um, so you go back to moon, moon gazer tower I think and stargazer tower and you turn the bells off there yeah, this is um, one of those ones where you have to go back to basically every uh, dungeon that you've ever been to. Yeah, like this part of the chat, uh, this you... part of the game, like the last chapter, is so long. It's just getting everyone back together. It's basically a bot, like a dungeon and a, a boss battle. So, right. Uh, yep, and you fight Campanella at um, the Moongazer Tower, I think, and you fight Ariane Rod at uh, the Stargazer Tower. And you fight her three knights on the way up to. They're, I guess, significant for some reason. Uh, But (laughs) when you when you finish the Stargazer Tower, they show up in Cold Steel. uh, Well, I think they also in the evolution of uh, version of um, Sky first chapter. They're also like secret bosses, but Hmm. it's not really them. It's just kind of it looks like them. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, Anyway. So you are able to go into Crossbell proper after taking the uh, the shield thing down. Yeah, because there's a big... And, uh, did you say that uh, she erects a big shield around Crossbell that no one can get? Yeah, it's a big blue shield thing that nobody can go in and out of unless you have permission or something. Um, so you get way back into Crossbell. Uh, you, you get the whole game uh, back together plus Rixia. 
And, yeah, and Dudley. Well, and Dudley's, you fight your way. Dudley's in in crossbow still. Uh, yeah, but when you get inside, you get saved by uh, Dudley right, and yeah, Sergey, yeah. Sergey, whatever. And then you meet up with them, and then you can choose to have Dudley in your party, or Rixia, or Noel, or Wazi, or whoever. Oh yeah, I think the, Noel... the main four are only That's right. are required though. You you uh, you and Noel have like a one on one battle to convince her that she, her heart's really with the SSS type of thing. Yeah, and her uh, commanding officer Sonia, or whatever, is like, I don't know what you're doing here. You need to go back to the SSS. Right. Uh, up. Oh, so you get back in. You get your party together. You fight your way up uh, Orcus Tower because uh, I guess the I can't remember if they're like, oh, that's the reason why. Uh, oh, it's acting as like an antenna or something and gathering all the elemental energy or something to it. So you're like, oh, you got to stop that somehow. Uh, so you work your way up and you find out that the like middle of the tower is actually some like alchemy shit thing where it's like uh, just a bunch of designs that are des- made to funnel energy through the tower. And I guess it's powering up Kia somehow. But you turn all that shit off, you get to the top. And you fight uh, Mayor, or I guess President now, President Croy, Croy in his, uh, that white Aeon that's able to destroy everything. And because you destroyed the tower, you were able to stop the Aeon from getting all the elemental energy it needed to actually use uh, the Septarian's powers. So you don't have to worry about it like just instantly black-holing your party and killing everybody. So that's good. Uh, but you defeat it, and uh, the Orbros scientist dude comes back, and he's like, all right. You've had this thing long enough. We're taking it back, and President McCroy is arrested. And uh, you move on to day two or part two of the finale. Um, everybody gets back onto Wazi's uh, airship, and you can have a bonding event here, or I think, or is it the day before? I can't remember. It's the night. Uh, yeah, it's, it's right. It's the night before day two. You get to pick your bonding partner right you just get some more like information about people uh wazi and i think rixia provide a lot of like lore stuff but yeah. i don't think a lot of people would choose wazi but wazi uh, is pretty interesting because you get his backstory if you choose him yeah so yeah that's and, like you, uh, get to mi- you have to miss that unless you like save scum it basically but... yeah unfortunately but um after this uh Something I can't remember exactly what happens with Kia, but she like goes somewhere and turns into a giant tree. Well, she, she, gets all the like... she already had all the power she needed, so she didn't need the tower anymore. That's why she wasn't at the tower. And then she turns into the Septarian, and that's when she becomes that giant tree. I can't remember the, re- the reason either. But uh. Yep, so your team flies, takes the airship, flies to the tree, and you get attacked by the Red Constellations airship, but you manage to squeak through. Uh, then you essentially just climb the, the tree, which is not actually a tree. It's like a, some ruins inside it, and it's like a, just a glowing tree shape on the outside with energy or something. It's all like a uh, projection from Kia. Like all, yeah. Uh, it's just... I don't. I don't know the exact way way to describe describe it, but she made it that way, so it was tough for you to get to the top. Yeah, and as typical, uh, your team has to do like these challenges against their uh, rivals on the way up, and uh, like Rixia has to fight uh, Shirley. Um, 
to unlock a, a door to pass, and uh, Randy has to fight Sigurd to unlock a door to pass. Wazzy's got to fight Walt to unlock a door to pass. And at the end, at the top, is Arios, where your team has to fight him to pass. Uh, so you do that, then you get up to where Maribel Croy is, and you fight her. And the whole time, or I think before you fight her, she's like shit talking everybody. Um, and this is where you, uh, you also, uh, if you've been, been doing side quests and stuff, you I think found out already. But uh, this is where they come the from. lawyer dude Ian is there, and he's like, I've been the mastermind behind this whole thing, and I'm the one that shot your brother. Uh, and I think Lloyd. Uh, I don't want to say he's going to forgive him, but they're like they're talking, and Maribel. Oh, oh no, she makes Ian be like. Uh, Lloyd talks Ian into being like, oh, actually, was, I was wrong this whole time. I'm going to turn myself in, and I'm going to stop doing this. And Mario Bell's like, well, too fucking bad. We're here now. And, like, shoots uh, ice crystals at him or whatever and kills him. Basically, she's like, I don't need you anymore. And uh, it kills him. I don't think he dies. Well, he looks like he dies. Uh, but then at the, after you, you kill Mario Bell or you beat her, she's like, actually, I just froze him in time or whatever. He's in stasis. He's not bleeding out. You can save him. It's like, oh, uh, uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I guess, I guess if you did the side quest, kind of a side note that you learn uh, what happened with uh, Lloyd's brother, Guy. You first, it made it, they made it seem like Arios killed Guy, but really they just fought to like a draw. And as they were talking, uh, he knew what um, they were planning to do. So uh, that's why. Uh, the lawyer guy shot him uh, from behind in the heart, like a little bitch. So, uh, yep. So you fight Marvel. Who's like, you piece? Uh, if you do the side quest, Lloyd pieces it together by like some. There's like a gravestone, and you find out some background information on the lawyer guy and all this other stuff. So he pieces it together. Yeah, because uh, everybody has stuff in common, even Lloyd. Uh, about like the underbelly political stuff of like Crossbell and uh, Erebonia and Calvard and how even though there was supposed to be a peace treaty, like the other countries were like doing terrorism shit, like uh, the Arab ship that blew up that killed Guy and Lloyd's uh, parents was because of Erebonia or somebody or Calvard doing terrorism shit. It was a car that blew up that killed Arios's wife and blinded his daughter. Uh, uh, Ian's kids, I think, maybe also on the airship or something that got blown up. Yeah, and his wife. Yep. So everybody got fucked up from these all this bullshit, and they had enough of this stuff. That's why they, quote unquote, betrayed the country and tried to make it independent or whatever the fuck, and did all this shit with Kia. Yeah, they want to take uh, they want to take Crossbow into their own country. That's why they did all of this for the most part because they got tired of being like in be, uh, stuck in between uh, Cross or uh, Erebonia and Calvert. Yeah, and other people got um, away, so they died, basically. Uh, uh, and Maribel's like, Michael was the whole time was to make the Septarian because that's our family's thing we've been worshiping for whatever. Uh, so I made power. it, and it's fine now. Yeah, if you want it, you have to fight us. I fight before it. <laughs> so you fight her, you beat her up, and then she's like, "Actually, guys, did you know that part of Kia's powers is that she can make people love her?" So you actually don't love her. She's just making you love her. And Kia has this like fucking mind uh, break moment where she 
she's like no that's not true and then like goes crazy and then like that's all her powers out and turns into some monster thing that that like merges with the tree or some bullshit yeah. i don't know exactly what happens but uh, you end up having to fight this monster kia and this is the most bullshit boss in the game because it's got like time rewinding abilities and then like it'll vanish your party members if you do too much damage and then like it has this instant party wipe thing if you don't kill it fast enough like dps race thing and if you uh buff yourself it'll take away your buffs so you waste a turn basically yeah uh, good times good fight <laughs> it's a good fight like it feels good once you beat them but uh the thing you uh you didn't mention was that when all this happens you you find out that kia the reason she's doing all this is because uh, you had died, or like your party had died in the previous game, to that Gunther or Doctor Yokum, whatever his name is. Uh, yeah, and that's when she realized her powers or something, and was able to change back time to before you met her, and tweaks. I don't remember what it was she tweaked, but she made it so Josh and Estelle came because before, if you when you play the beginning of um. Uh, like the prologue part zero. of zero, yeah. you don't have Joshua or Estelle, but then when you get to the final chapter, they're there and they don't really explain why. And you're just like, Oh, I guess this must be some kind of gameplay thing or whatever. But really what happened is that you got killed by um, them because Joshua and Estelle weren't there. And because they weren't there, Ren wasn't able to like come in and save you. So I thought that's also it ties into something in Cold Steel where the crow and somebody else aren't there too at the fight for the Gorilla Fortress or something. Yeah, and I think all of them died too. Then when the they fired those cannons or whatever, because then Cross that Aeon came and I think wiped them out. Right. And that never happened either. And that's why when you get to there in or Cold Steel, you have uh, Kroll and Milliam with you, where before they weren't with them. So. I think that I thought that was a cool. Uh, I don't know. It's just like such a degree of like thinking ahead and planning and writing, like that kind of just I never saw before. You know, like oh, they thought they actually explained why the, these characters weren't there. They just didn't because most games like you, they do that and they don't ever tell you what happened. They just they just they seem to do that for theatrical reasons or whatever. You know, or so they don't blow the story. And maybe they did, but then they wrote it in a way where they kind of retconned it or whatever, you know? So. Anyway, keep going. Almost there. Uh, all right. <laughs> well, anyway, you kill, the, you, know, you kill the monster key thing, and uh, she starts, like, I think having some kind of energy reaction or something, and Mario uh, Bell's like, oh, you ruined my shit. Uh... Uh, like some dialogue goes on, but uh, this pat this portal thing opens, and Lloyd's like, "I can save her," and he goes in, and uh, Key is back in her little kid form. Well, before that, uh, this like image of Guy shows up, and he start they start having a conversation, Lloyd and Guy, and Lloyd's like, "How how are you here? What's what's going on?" And Guy's like, "Well, I'm a a construct that was made by Kia. She was planning on getting as much information about me as possible, and then like reviving me." Basically, yeah. But I'm not. I won't be the same person that you you knew. I'll be a, a facsimile kind of thing. And he's like, "It's better that I'm dead." <laughs> and the way like, "Yeah, it'd be nice to see you, but I'm living my own life now. I'm trying to make my own path, or whatever." Basically, and it yeah. would have been nice to be a cop with you and all that shit. But this is the way it is now. 
And Lloyd's like, you, I can't just keep rewriting re time because we are who we are because of the things we go through. And if you change time to, like, if you go back and rewrite it, then I'm not the same person. Yeah. So. Uh, and then, so he says, go out a guy, uh, and then finds little Kia. And uh, she's, like, having a crisis. Like, nobody loves me. I've I've turned everybody, uh, like, against me or whatever. But Lloyd's, like, says something like, uh, it doesn't matter if you force us to love us or us to love you. It, for us, it feels like we love you naturally. And so even if even if you did make us love you, we would not hate you because we love you or some kind of shit. I don't, I don't know. It was a little much for me. Uh, but anyway, they make up. <laughs> right. He convinces her to kill stuff. herself, basically. Yeah. Uh, and so Lloyd brings her back, and Maribel is like, fuck this shit, I'm out. And she joins Ouroboros, like, legit. Um, and I think that's the end. I guess there's like a post-credits thing or, where they're like, uh, because of the actions of the SSS, instead of like being an independent state, Crossbow went through many years of turmoil, and I think they said it becomes like a annexed by Erebonia at some point. Well, they go uh, independent. They stay independent. They? they stay independent until uh, stuff that happens in later games, which you'll see. okay. But you're almost to find out. Yeah, you'll find out. But they're they're technically still independent. Okay. So that still stays in the, like the, until uh, other things happen later. But right, right. But uh, Kia loses her power. I think I don't know if she loses all her powers, but most of her powers by uh, like basically going back into kid form. She just gives them up for the most part, so she can be like a normal kid. Oh, so she's back to like just having like the being able to see the future and shit still, but. Yeah, it's, like it's, they, they, kinda, they, they don't tell you how much of her powers because that way they can use it for later. But for the most part, she's just kind of like a like a normal person with some kind of unique powers, basically. So. Okay, well, I feel like I've talked long enough. So, Kyle, tell me how you felt about the story and your pros and cons, please. Oh. All right. Um, so story I thought was pretty good. Um, I thought there were more twists and turns than zero, and I felt that the stakes were a little higher along the way. So that was nice. Um, it was nice to see some wrap-up from the prior game, and I think they really do move the story along well in this. Um, compared to the two of you, I'm far more new to the series. I've really played this in, in zero, and that's all of it um but i really do like the atmosphere i like how much they just get out of this small existing area of crossbell um it's maybe i don't know i'm taking a guess with 30 to 60 total character sprites in the game and i feel like most of them if not all of them are somewhat significant in some way shape or form as we had mentioned in the um in the start of the show and even later on the characters grow with the game um it's really nice to see it's kind of cool not a lot of places do that old games you'll go back and they have three lines of dialogue maybe in this game i'd say every character has six to eight honestly um Prison Break was uh, a great scene in it. I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed the Rixia and Ilya story, and I really thought Ian was very surprising as a villain. Um, as Guy's Killer, I did not expect that while playing. Ending's a little over the top. Um, love on love on love. I get it. Whatever. Move through that. The rest of it's cool. Um, overall, my grade on here, I'm going to give it a 3.5 out of 5. 
too bad. Uh, Kevin, how are you feeling about it? <laughs> uh, I kind of said uh, kind of earlier, I, I don't need to rehash all that, but I just love the whole series overall, and uh, it's typical for, uh, from my experience, that every every game is basically one of two, or there's two games. Even like the cross, uh, Cold Steel, where there's four games, it's actually two and two. It feels like where it's like set up, you're set up, set being whatever the problem is, and then the second game you like uh, tackle the problem, and it's more small scale on the first game, and it goes bigger scale in the second game. And I feel like that's what happened here. It happened in uh, Sky One and Two, Cold Steel One and Two. It's the same. Cold Steel Three and Four is the same. Um, and I kind of like the build up set, like the setup until and, and there's a big payoff at the end. Now, some sometimes the payoff maybe it's not as good as you thought it should be, and I think, uh, or it's like like you said, it's a little over the top where it's through the power of friendship and love, you know, wins the day type thing, which what what it boils down to. Which I like the, I mean, that's a good message. Like you know, your your friends and your family, your loved ones are the most important things. Um, I think that's the, the big message that I think they're getting through in this game. But um, the overall, I mean, I mean, everything about this is I love. So this is my favorite series. Uh, the only like I guess negatives like uh, that I would I kind of hold it not, uh, from being perfect for me is like you know sometimes it gets a little long in the tooth or you know the last chapter is as long as like three chapters sometimes where it's like dragging on sometimes where i feel like they could speed it up a little bit more but uh, that's just what it is at this point so i understand that um but overall i loved it um uh, giving it a four and a half out of five it's not perfect but to me it's just a perfect, almost perfect uh, gaming experience. It has everything I love. It makes me happy to play it. Uh, I don't have like, oh, I can't wait to get this done type thing. I just want to ex- keep experiencing it until it's done. Like the second time through, yeah, you know, I'm rushing through. I just want to get the trophies at that point. But um, the first time through, I just love taking my time, exploring, talking to the people, you know, even. Uh, and I've said this every time we play one of those games, but there's usually one or two like, you know, little side characters that I make sure I talk to every time because I like I like their personality or whatever. Uh, and same thing with this one, uh, or that's the bakery get that your bakery friend, or I still talk to that old man every every day that you came in the train with in Zero, just to kind of keep up with him, even though he's let he's not so nice in this game, so I kind of lost interest in him. But just just that alone, like. You know, you have that kind of development and character arcs that most games you don't have uh, of side characters like that. So, um, anyways, uh, I loved it. Four and a half, four and a half out of five. Uh, Nick, what about you? Uh, <clears throat> I thought for the most part that it was pretty good. Uh, I did feel like there, like I said earlier, like there were some characters that. Yeah. didn't get any like uh development yeah so uh, that was a little disappointing uh but fortunately randy's my favorite character about this whole cast yeah so wazzy warmed up to me a lot i like uh how i guess uh Andro- i guess androgynous he is and he likes to fuck around with everybody that's uh i guess that's why i like both randy and wazzy because they both fuck around everybody <laughs> 
I just love how Randy just tries to do everything that breathes. <laughs> he just flirts with everyone like he doesn't give a fuck. He's like, all right, I'm going to shoot my shot. And he gets shot down every time, but it's hilarious. So uh, That's fine. That's not that's not the part of his character that I like uh, too much because it's, uh, it's like being a dead horse. Like every once in a while, like, okay, that's, that's, that's like a character trait. But then I think I know, I guess he's making up for his traumas or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. But uh people that do that shit annoy me in real life so i can't be can't be all about it like you but <laughs> i don't know it's something but then like you see the one that actually there's actually one character that does like him you know back and it's the one like i think they i don't know if you know who i'm talking about or he but mariel yeah the other uh g4 gfc uh girl yeah so you're talking about yeah I think I can't remember her name, but I think he's more serious with her, and you can tell there's a difference between. Maybe it's just me overanalyzing, but like the ones he's just saying it to, he's just, he doesn't really, he's not really trying. He's just trying to be funny or you know throwing it out there to like distract from his real personality, where the other person sees who he really is. Type thing. I don't know. Well, if you take him to the uh, the fortune teller at Michelin. And you have uh, you let him ask whatever question he wants. I think he asks about his love life or something. And she's like, if you keep fucking around and like flirting with everybody, you're never gonna be uh, happy. But there's already somebody in your life who you'd be happy with, or whatever. Oh, okay, that's so, like, even the game like knows that. Uh, like, they, I guess they acknowledge that that's a canon couple or whatever, but. Let's see if that ha- actually happens because I haven't played Cold Steel three or four. I won't ruin it for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, because I didn't. Okay, here's the thing: I didn't know who they were talking about until I played this game. So that's, that's oh, okay. But it's cool. Like I like how, uh, you know, if you if you play these in the right order, like everything, uh, there's payoffs for everything. So and I get down with that. Um, like I said, just my my biggest I guess cons were uh, some of the characters that didn't get development. I would have liked them to have development. Um, the story was like I knew in Zero it was a lot of like friends, lovey barriers and shit, overcoming stuff. But this game, that like it feels like they just ramped that shit up, and that's cool. But I prefer like darker plot lines in my media. Yeah. So this is a little too bubbly for me. Uh, it's it's still just fine. Uh, it's a little, I guess it's, I'd say it's a breath of fresh air in a way, but, uh, I can't do that too much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other than that, I feel like everything was, uh, I guess narratively fine. Uh, I mean, there's always like some stuff that you could like, uh, view as an, uh, as the audience, be like, Hey, that's not quite right, but you have to, I guess, give everybody a little, a uh, little leeway with stuff like this because it's a big project and stuff. So, right. uh, you, for the most part, I think it was pretty good, and I'll give it a four out of five. Do you believe that uh, Lloyd's like real choice is uh, Ellie, right? Uh, well, the game confirms yeah. it if you pick her as a final bonding thing because mm-hmm. they kiss and they're like, "All right, we love each other." That's what I was trying to tell say to the Travis, and he's like, "No, it's Rixie." I'm like, "I, I don't." I thought it. Well, Travis, we've established, is a fucking moron. So uh... <laughs> he's like, "No, it's Rixia because she showed up in blah blah blah." And I'm like, 
No, that they're just like you know on the same team. It doesn't mean they're yeah. together. Yeah, that's like. Does your wife show up to your job, dude? Like, come on. Yeah. But the, the way they the way they are together and the way they kind of kind of co-parent uh, Kia, it's like that has to be the choice. There's no really other choice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, Melly. You can have there's Noel, a... like there's a there's a Noel part of it where it's kind of like he doesn't like she likes him, but he doesn't really think of her like that. And then when you do pick her, he's like, oh, oh. You know what I mean? Like, for being a... Well, that's more like a high school romance thing. Yeah. As opposed to, like, Ellie and him being, like, actual adults. Yeah. <laughs> and having, like, a connection and, like, completing each other type thing where, like, they each kind of, uh, uh, you know, complete the other part of it, the person a little bit better than Noel, where it's just, like, you know, fanboying over him, kind of. I see. I see Lloyd and Rictia as more like kindred spirits in regards to like loss. Yeah, uh, and so they can connect on that level. But that I don't really see a romantic angle to that too much with the dialogue in the game. It's definitely hardcore, like ninety nine percent Ellie, and then everybody else kind of gets stuff. Like even Tio does weird shit, but uh, Lloyd's reactions are always like, "This is a child." Yeah, as it should be. <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, I'll be your big brother." Yeah, we'll go to the amusement park or whatever. That's what kids like. <laughs> I'll buy you a stuffed animal. Shh, just don't don't talk like that anymore. <laughs> okay, well, so that's the storyline wrapped up, and that will bring us to musical break number two. Uh, and this is Kevin's pick. Tell us what you got. Uh, it's Descent of God. Uh, I believe it's like the final battle theme. Um. I'll I'll go over more of the music, but I thought the the music selection was kind of not as good in this game as it compared to other ones. But uh, I thought this final battle was pretty good. Um, so yeah, this is Descent of God.
house music, so always pretty good. So good pick, Kevin. Yeah, and I feel like the uh, main theme of this one is kind of like some people love it, but I th- like reading the comments. But I thought it was just kind of somber, just like piano playing one couple notes. Uh, what do you think of that? Uh, I mean, it kind of fits the vibe of the game, but I also don't like somber music. Yeah, I guess uh, it does fit the vibe of the game. It's uh, like uh, starting Cold Steel Two is like super fucking awesome. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll let it sit at the main menu for like a couple minutes sometimes and just jam to the music. Yeah. But this one, I'm like, eh, skip, skip, skip. Let's go. <laughs> Cold Steel Two is like really once you get into it, like uh, might be my favorite Cold Steel. Okay. Like, three and four, you start feeling like the, you think the character blow up bad here. Wait till you get to three and four. Like I think. That's- I'm not really excited about Reverie for that reason because it's like every single playable character ever in the games. I'm like, dude, no, man. Well, that that was four. Three is like you're kind of starting over again because you're like the teacher now, and it's like getting okay. You got a new class and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, oh god, I gotta start all over again. But uh, hmm. uh, little uh, Easter egg. Do you know the pink-haired girl you talked to at the 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 uh, police academy? Uh, yeah, Juna or something, right? Juna. Yeah, she's one of the she's one of the uh, Reen students. Okay, cool. So I thought she looked familiar. Yeah, she's in three and four, but yeah. Okay. Anyway, well, let's uh let's get this show wrapped up because it's getting kind of long here. Uh, next category is visuals. Um. Uh, so I've talked a lot. Kevin's talked a lot, and uh, I guess I'm gonna make you start these last ones off, Kyle. Just to. <laughs> even it out a little bit that's fair um i'll try my best i'm not a visual expert but here we go um so visuals uh pretty same as the last game i think they're really solid for what they are i think the sprites look nice i think the backgrounds are very detailed i think the magic spells look great i think it i think it's good overall um uh, the PC and Switch do have upscaling. PS4 does not. I do have that in here. I know we talked about it earlier. Um, I didn't play the PS4. I, I guess I didn't really look at visual side-by-sides either. But uh, from what I have read, there was upscaling. So I suppose I would suggest on the PC or Switch if that's the option you have. Um, some of the enemies in battle, you can tell, weren't upscaled very well in some cases. And it's usually the larger sprites. Um, I don't mean it's going to make your eyes bleed or anything. You can just kind of tell that some of the sprite work wasn't exactly detailed as well as some of the smaller assets in the game. A couple assets clipped through, but that happens a lot, so I really wouldn't worry about it. Um, But overall, I thought it was a a very enjoyable game. I think it looks pretty much to a T, just like you would expect after Zero, and and everything, you know, kind of feels nostalgic um, and and makes sense uh, for the areas, and and it just fits well together. So for this, I'm going to give it a three and a half out of five. Again, I think they did everything really, really well. I just can't say anything they did spectacular or great. Fair enough. Uh, Kevin, how about you? Yeah, I agree. Trails are definitely not known for their visuals, um, but they do good with what they have. Um, uh, this is the last one that's kind of like, was this like kind of 32-bit, you would say, before it goes full full 3D? Um, uh, maybe. It's like the the character sprites are like a weird 3D, not too spritey thing, but they're also sprites, and it's kind of, uh, I'm not sure how to, to explain it, like technically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's more I detailed could. than what I think like a 32-bit game would be, but it's not quite 3D. It's 
It's it's a strange thing. It's a it's a distinct distinct style that I've only ever seen. Something as close to this would be like Ogre Battle sixty four, I think. But yeah, uh, they, they make it work with uh, really good drawing, like character portraits, uh, and they have like the character portraits kind of uh, emote, but like with what the, what how they're feeling and stuff like that, where they change that. Kind of like Lunar, I would say, like if you ever played Lunar, but you know, way better than that. But you know, that's more of a basic version of it. But that's kind of what they do. Um, the yeah, the, I think the art in this is really good. When you actually see the art, the art part, the, the drawing, I like, whoever the artist is uh, of Trails, I really like that style. I know it's kind of anime, but it's not too anime, I guess, for me. Um, I guess they do have like the stupid, you know tropey stuff that they put in there um but uh yeah it's it's fine it's not great but uh it doesn't take away from the experience um so three and a half for me uh kind of with you guys in agreement uh i'm giving it a three and a half and it's i mean it's fine it's visually not awful to look at a lot of the like spells and stuff like that are pretty cool. The I mean the S craft stuff usually is usually pretty awesome. Uh, like Randy's berserker gun thing was pretty fucking sweet to look at. Yeah. Um. Uh, monster designs in general are pretty good, but uh, it's like it's a weird that's a weird like thing to say because like they reuse a lot of monster designs, which is also fair because it takes place in the same world and so the monster the ecology would be the same it's like a weird like uh it's not enough variety but there's also like a good reason for that kind of thing yeah they make it make sense like hey we don't have all the same monsters everywhere like this area you have these monsters you have the palms over here and you have you know these things over here and and this dungeon is these things you know it's a... yeah uh yeah so like the uh, cutscenes are good uh, the like the art styles are good. Uh, I mean everything's fine. Yeah, three point five. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Uh, music slash voice acting. Um, I guess I don't know who the fuck composed this. Is it just the Falcom t- JDK team or whatever? Fuck again as usual. Oh yeah, that's the letter. Yeah, I was looking for that myself. I don't have it. <laughs> I would assume. Well, so it says Masanori Osaka. Uh, I guess it's the main composer. Yeah. Um, I know Falcom's got this weird thing where they don't let their uh, their sound team actually take credit. Take credit for anything? Yeah, it's all just over oh, the sound team. So I'm surprised that they actually have a name of people listed here. There's actually four. Uh, there's Hayato Sonata, Takahiro Unisuga, Saki Mamiyama, and Masanori Osaka. So... I uh, think they did an okay job on the music, personally. Uh, I don't think... Uh, mm, uh, like The problem with like modern games, I've said, said before, that it, not a lot of it's very memorable to me. But I didn't have any issues listening to any of that stuff. The like, sound effects for like combat and stuff are fine. Uh, three and a half, I guess. Uh, Kevin, what about you? Yeah, uh, oh, is the voice acting all like Japanese too or something? So like, I don't really care. Yeah, voice acting, you can't. I can't really comment on because, I mean, it sounds like it'll be good. Um, if you probably read people that know Japanese, they're probably like the top 
Japanese voice actors, but um, I guess that's the difference between these games and like Cold Steel because Cold Steel they have actual voice like uh, American voice actors or English voice actors, so everyone has uh, you can it's a lot different. Um, so this this is I think the last one before they started doing that. Uh, the music is fine. I didn't have anything like it took me. A, usually, there's like a one or two tracks that like jump out that I'm like really jamming to, and it didn't really hit me until the final boss. Um, and like yeah, usually the opening theme is kind of really uh, kick ass, or like it gives a, has a little like of a beat to it where you're like yeah. But this one started somber, where I guess that's the theme of this game where you know shit got real. Uh, so I get it. Uh, they're setting the theme, the, they're setting the tone for the game, um, but it was it wasn't anything great to me. So I'm just a three on the music. Okay. Um, I thought the music was pretty good on this one. Um, thought that zero. Uh, they used uh, had good reuse from zero. Had some good new additions. Uh, I listened to most of the OST and I felt like there were just less. Um, tracks than on zero and maybe they just didn't have as many repeats um on the ost that i listened to but but overall i just thought um zero had more value in its music um a little more variety i will say that i did enjoy the battle music in uh zero more than zero i, I thought it was a lot better uh, in fact later on it's going to be my pick um but i thought they did a really good job there i do think um overall and they kind of hit it the music's just a little more somber in this one it didn't get me going as much um overall um overall uh again i thought the voice acting okay but i just i'm not a japanese voice acting guy so i can't really put a lot of pluses or minuses on that um i also came in with a three and a half out of five on the music and voice acting sounds good sounds good all righty uh time for another break <laughs> i feel like we got to figure out how to spread these breaks out more evenly but you know whatever uh music break three uh, it's my pick. Um, it is called Fateful Confrontation Fight Version. And it is actually a song from a previous Trails game. I think maybe Sky 2, but they've turned it into like a... God damn it. What's this thing called? Chiptune uh, song for use in the Pop Pom Party fight versus Campanella. And I thought it was really catchy, so hope you guys enjoy. <laughs>
overall experience, how did we feel about this game? As Brent would say, expectations versus reality. As Kevin would say, it's the best game ever made. So, uh, Kyle. Not, not this game. Not, not... <laughs> I'm just fucking around. Right. <laughs> 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 uh, well done. Um, yeah, I can start this one off. Overall, uh, my second Trails game, and I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was a good game. thought it was pretty solid. I'd recommend it to anyone who enjoys RPGs in general, um, especially ones that are a little more classic, uh, if that's the term you want to use these days. I think there's a good amount of difficulty. I feel like it is accomplishable, and it feels good enough to do so um we did have a few complaints earlier that there's only really one or two ways to beat the game but it still feels good when you're able to do that with the full amount of um detective points or whatever it is um in your journal i think the gameplay is entertaining uh just complex enough nice to grow the characters throughout the town um great that the story progresses you don't see that in too many games and i think it's fantastic and it really keeps you wanting to learn more and play more uh, mini games are a little better than Zero, side quests or whatever. Um, they're nice. I think they wrap up stories well, but I don't think they're... I like what they add to the game. I just don't think they're overly complex. I think the main story is really what you're playing this for. Um, when you want to play a classic uh, kind of JRPG, good characters, good story, decent combat, and some other items sprinkled to keep you interested, I think this is what you're looking for. Um, so overall, I'm going to give this a 4 out of 5. I would most likely be interested in playing other Trails games. I would just need to find time for them at this point. All right, I like oh. your uh, your synopsis there. Uh, I am going to agree with you on most of that stuff. Uh, it's just a fun like romp through a well written, uh, well built world, and it's uh, if you're the kind of person that really likes to be immersed in the game you're playing, it's very easy to get lost in. I guess in a way, in like what's going on with the world and uh, having it feel like it's like a like a livable place without it being like a three D thing, which is pretty nice. Um, I just had some slight issues like before with the some of the character development, uh, some of the boss fights, um, but uh, I'd say overall. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than I have a lot of games I've played lately. Uh, so I'm giving it, give it a four and a half. Uh, Kevin, what about you? Um, yeah, I mean, I can't think of a series I want to play more. Uh, I you just can't do them back to back because they're so they're great, but they also take a lot out of you. Um, mentally and uh you, you gotta kind of break up these kind of, kind of games with some shorter games or different types of flavor or different types of game um but it's always one i'm gonna want to come back to i love the series i think this is a good i love the characters uh you know randy is your favorite character he's my favorite character i think he's probably the star of of the show for the most part um because he's probably the most interesting and complex uh, so I really enjoy him and Lloyd's, you know, kind of brotherly bond they kind of form there. 
Uh, anytime that's like him, like Randy is like my choice every for, to do everything with because it's more interesting when he's around. Um, but uh, overall, right, he's the only character I, I saved Scum for for Michelin to see all his <laughs> events. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, don't get me wrong; the other characters are interesting in their own right, but not as interesting as him. Uh, I think Noel is kind of the weaker character of the game. I like Rixia. I think they should have had her more available besides like the last day of the last chapter type thing. Uh, Cause she's got a lot more, I think she has a lot more backstory. That's more interesting that you can get into that. They didn't really in that. Maybe they will get more into in later games. Um, or I'm hoping Revere, they have more of her, but uh, cause in the cold steel, they don't really touch her that much, but um but uh, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of interesting characters, uh, a lot of fun. Uh, I can't. I think this. I think this is my second favorite series of the, the trails. I I mean I I don't think anything can top Sky. Maybe it's because it's the first time I played it and the it was all original to me and all more impactful. Um, this is like my third trail series, so like I said, uh, diminishing returns, but it's still great. Um, I love it. Uh, it's a five for me. Um, I don't. There's not many other games that I'd rather play than this. So, um, Kyle, who's your favorite character? I have a tough choice. I think, like, I hate to say, I think we all like Randy. I think Randy's a pretty cool guy. Um, I just <laughs> like his general mentality, honestly. Um, so that's that's up there for me. Um, yeah, crap. I can't top Randy. <laughs> so. Yeah, to me, Randy's, Randy's our boy. Randy's good, <laughs> but he's like just a step below uh, a gate for me. So uh, they're kind of similar in that way, uh, the way they are. But I like a gate better because he's more. Uh, I feel like he's more. He's more of a pedophile. <laughs> yeah. He's less <laughs> jokey than uh, Randy. So I guess. Uh, maybe that's a difference to me, but um, so you, you like the hard ass, hard ass guys. Yeah, I like the harder hard ass that has a soft center. <laughs> okay, Randy's good though. Yeah, like a tootsie pop or whatever. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, uh, I would recommend this game to anybody who likes a RPG or. If you like the immersion, it's definitely a game for you because you definitely get. I feel like I got sucked into this world and the story and what's going on, um, and the overall story of Ouroboros and everything. That's still interesting, and you don't know what's going on with that yet. Uh, even after Cold Steel Four, I mean, you get you get little pieces of it after every game, but uh, I feel like they they d definitely have a good plan, and hopefully they can see it to fruition. Uh, I think they did say they had like an endpoint, like. Uh, so, I mean, maybe there's four or five more games left, but it's still a lot of gaming. So, anyways, uh, I would recommend this to anybody. Uh, it's great. Awesome. Well, we will move on to probably the worst category: replayability slash extra content slash trophies. Uh, oh, they're right. I had to say it. Uh, if you're using a guide, you have no reason to replay this game. If you're not using a guide and you want to see all the shit you missed, that's a good reason to replay it. 
Uh, or if you want to talk, uh, you have to replay it anyways. Oh, I mean, you have to, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this one is felt like it was lacking extra content more than the previous one, because you got a whole like extra dungeon at the end of Zero. But this one's just like, oh, fight some six bosses or whatever, and, and then fight a super boss or something, and call it a day. I'm like, all right, well, this is kind of boring. Yeah, there wasn't really much to New Game Plus on this one. And the, one of the super bosses fights was more difficult to me than the actual final boss on New, on Nightmare. It was bullshit. It was one of the ones that had like the five or six of those elemental dudes that just kept spamming the fucking AoE uh, fire spell or whatever. And like I died like 80, 80 times. I'm like, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> oh, I think I died a couple times. Are you talking about the one uh, or the, the, the blonde guy, the blonde kid by him? Uh, you know, I don't know, but it was just those, it's five, like, crystal-looking elemental things that had, like, a dragon that stuck to them or whatever, and, like, they, they went, they were fast as fuck, and they just kept spamming this magic that was, uh, party-wide or whatever, and it would, like, if it, when it hit somebody, I think it, like, sealed them or something, too, so it couldn't do anything, I'm like, this is fucking bullshit, stop, just stop, I can't impede your shit, I can't, there's six of you, I got four characters, it was, uh, it was a mess. Eventually, just said fuck it and went and got, uh, I think, uh, changed CP with everybody and just spammed the crafts. I was like, fuck it, I don't care. I'm not, I'm done trying to play the game now. I'm just going to cheese shit. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Uh, so this category is getting a two from me. <laughs> uh, Kevin, how about you? <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. It's... There's not much to, unless you're going for the trophies. Um, I don't think there was really any too hard trophies. Like, you had to play in 100 hours was one bullshit one that I hate. And they make you do that one. Um, the the one you had trouble on, which was the, what was that? The, the horror coaster? Horror coaster. Um, I thought I was going to have trouble with that one. I maybe Maybe I got lucky or I just... Maybe I've been doing these trophies for so long now where it's not, and then once you get a pattern going or you kind of focus, like, I don't know, you kind of just really focus on something like that, you can get it done. Um, but nothing where it was like I was spending hours trying to get one trophy, like the fucking slippery one, the worst trophy in existence. <laughs> then You're welcome. The Nick made me play. Nothing can top that one, I don't think. I mean, maybe I'll be surprised. Besides, like the difficulty on that one was really high. Whereas, like something where you can't, you gotta beat the game without dying or something. That's kind of endurance. I don't know. Well, it's not as much of a skill type thing. You can probably cheese it, but you can't. Something you can't cheese like that. That's the worst. But uh, there's nothing like that here. It's all kind of collect all the things. I mean, there's a some missable stuff, uh, which like the books and shit books or uh like pom-pom party if you don't talk to them at the right time you miss it but nothing too too crazy so yeah it's a two it's it's fine all right kyle let's wrap it up boy i guess i'm the the nice one here um <laughs> I end up with two 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 and a half um and i i kind of think about it a different way like you're right if you play this with a guide i did I didn't have to play it a second time. Um, if you do it the common way where you don't have a guide, you could get some replayability out of this. You could 
cry to see all the individual characters, different endings, or you could just have a save beforehand. So there's a little bit there, but not as much as you would really think. Um, the six bosses, I didn't play. Uh, so here's my aging when I play the game on this one. I beat this before Zelda came out. Um, so it's a little old for me, but but I moved on at that point. I think there is some value in playing it. Maybe the difficulty second setting's great. Maybe the trophies are worth it. Um, but overall, I, I don't think there's a whole lot more in it besides getting the top scores in all the Michelin games, if that's kind of your jam. So, so again, two and a half... Uh, out of five if this is your kind of thing to replay these games or not beat them 100 right away go for it all right sounds good to me and uh that will lead us into music break number four which is also cows all right, wrapping it up here. Uh, I picked Seize the Truth. This is the new battle theme from the game. Um, this is one I mentioned in the prior uh, session. This is I, I like this more than Zero's music, so this is why I picked this song. I think it really hypes up the fights, and I think they did a really good job of making this one. So, enjoy. finally made it the end of this episode i think we're under four hours actually this is impressive for us uh, well i was i was looking at the time you did ask us to take it below four hours so i was like all right uh we keep trying to keep track of the time well yeah i think the not having to do every detail in the story will save uh an hour (laughs) oh no dude if i went if i went in depth that would be another that could have been a whole like three fucking more shows because you have to go into these games yeah, you can go to every like character and what that character is connected to to this character, and um, they did. Uh, we didn't mention it uh, when we were do- when we were doing story, but they do bring a lot of sky characters that you don't. They don't uh, help you in battle per se, but they do show up in the last chapter to kind of 
help you out. So it's a little throwback for you, but not too heavy-handed. Where like the first game, I think they put Josh and Estelle and Estelle in there to to kind of uh, make sure people played it. Maybe you know, like hey, you're, there's all new characters, but you get to play of Josh and Estelle, which are the main characters in the first three. So. They're like, oh, we don't need them anymore, so they can just be there at the very end type of thing. So I kind of, kind of like that. So. Well, I mean, to be fair, it's a game about these group of people in the SSS. If they brought back the bracers again, it's like, well, that's not the point of right this story. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, bra- to me, bracers were the best story. I like, I like the concept of bracers. Uh, and how they're kind of like the in-between and they have their role um, and their whole kind of community and world is interesting uh, but the, the, basically the SSS is like the government version of uh, Bracers where when you get to Cold Steel it's like my least favorite kind of group where it's just the class you know like a school class trope th- type thing where it kind of gets a. Uh, I'm not. That's not my biggest. I hate. I mean, I don't hate it. It's just not my favorite. Uh, well, since we're also in this section, uh, would you like to tell us about the next game we're playing, Kyle? Why you picked it? Yep. Uh, well, we released mine on the last one, I think. So we always do like one ahead, don't we? I uh, thought I said uh, last time we're yeah we're playing Final Fantasy 16 next, just in case. Well, but so yes. we played, we played Azure, and we played Tactics Ogre before, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, so this will be good. Yeah, okay. Uh, yep, and then next is whatever the fuck I'm picking. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Uh, Pathologic 2, so. Okay. Mm-hmm. For now, and I'm not sure what I'm picking yet uh, for my next game, which I don't... I have a couple short on my short list, but you never know what's going to come out, and I'm like, well, I want to play that instead. So, or I feel hope. free to join the Discord and suggest games. We yeah, we don't mind. We won't we listen. To... We won't listen to you, but <laughs> well, Brent, we Brent used to do a thing where we took like a community vote or whatever, and whatever was most popular was what we did for as like the community pick. But uh, I don't think the community is big enough for that anymore. <laughs> Yeah, we tried that for years, and then we played Tactics Ogre. Well, that's because I'm a piece <laughs> of shit. Because <laughs> I was like, all right, I got here's some games from my shortlist, and then I was like, oh, actually, this game came out, and I want to play that now. Uh, sorry, guys. Oh uh, man. Oh shit! I should have checked the email. Uh, we do have email as well. If you want to email us at uh, rpg rpgshow.podcast at gmail.com. I think the other person that does that is Doug. Yeah, I love uh, when Doug roasts uh, Travis. That's my favorite. Oh, uh, now we got nothing. Yeah. Well, Travis ain't on the show anymore, so can't roast him. Yeah. As he still can, but he just won't be here for it. Uh, no. well, I'm sorry? No, maybe we'll make Travis do see his star since he made the channel for it. Oh, man. Getting everybody together for that is going to be even worse. <laughs> no, there's no, no one's going to finish for me. It's almost impossible to get uh, I mean, three people. Little... Well, I'll just, I mean, I'd play it, but the problem is like, it took us a month because the shit kept coming up for us to record this uh, after we decided to record it. And with Travis, he's like, oh, uh, 
yeah, we could do it this next week, and then that like the day before, but like actually, I don't feel like doing it. Uh, let's do it another day. It's like, all right, dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we also have an Amazon affiliate link. You can, I think, click on that and buy some shit and give us a couple pennies out of the business's pocket. Uh, other than that, uh, are Blaine and James recording yet, or are they still not doing? Blaine is it worth it? Blaine released a couple like standalone things with himself, but I don't, oh, I don't, shoot. Think, I don't think they got him back into Foley yet. But I think they're okay planning on it, and then I think Blaine and I will get back to it eventually. But uh, we haven't. I don't think he's there yet. He's getting there. He's getting <laughs> close. Well, think, good, good. Uh, I think he's find a place with good Wi-Fi or something. I don't think he has that yet. Oh, okay. He's like been recording like when he's driving in his car and then posting that. That was his last. Oh shit! Yeah, like his his like original way he used to do it when he did it, recording his car and posted it. That's what he's doing now again. Damn. I guess we're well, just no... helping your ex wife steals all your shit or whatever, Sam. Yeah. Yeah, I guess all his games or something got stolen. Yikes! Fuck that. Well, uh, thank you to you, Blaine, if you're listening to this, and hope you're doing well. Um. You can always listen to the old episodes they have, uh, Blaine and James on the Is It Worth It podcast. Evidently, it's a good good show to listen to. Uh, but you can also listen to Kevin and Blaine do video games, the movie. Uh, also, apparently, good stuff to listen to. I don't listen to podcasts, though, so sorry. <laughs> I, can't, I can't tell you if it's good or not. I don't even listen to this podcast. Uh, you guys have anything else you want to say? No, that uh, covers it. No. We'll, we'll see you on the next one, I guess. Yep, sounds good. As always, thanks for listening, everybody, and until next time, bye. Bye, everyone. Bye now.